Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rumcast. That's right, we're back again. We are the podcast that talks all things rum-related with the people who love and shape it. My name is John Gulla, and with me is Will Hookinga. And today, Will, we're going to be um, looking at some something we've never tried before. It, it's not often that we we say, you know, this is a rum category, if you will, that we don't get to uh, have much experience prior to, and we get to go uh, through a lot of different rums this fun- this time. We're taking a trip across the pond for this episode, the the official, the Rumcast Guide to UK Rums. So we are exploring in depth the rums of Scotland, England, and even the Isle of Man, John. Even That's the right. Isle of Man. We're not you leaving it out. You can't forget the Isle of Man. You can't forget the Isle of Man. So this is something that we've been working on putting together for a while. We needed to source some rums and putting in a hefty order to the whiskey exchange helped us out there. They've, they're well stocked with mini UK rums. And um, I'm really excited. We basically did four separate tasting flights with this. We did some lower proof unaged rums, some lower proof aged rums, and then some higher proof unaged and aged rums. Uh, we did nine different distilleries here. So yeah. giving us a decent cross-section. Pretty big swath, yeah. It's a swath. It's a swath, yeah. I would say. We've we've officially entered swath status with, with nine UK distilleries. But I think like the first place to start is just... Why did we decide to do an episode on UK rum and like what is UK rum? So I'll ask you first, what made you interested in UK rum and trying 16 different rums from nine different distilleries for this episode? Well, that's a great question. I think the the first thing is it's it's not really necessarily the first country I would think of when you you think of rum and rum making, right? Rum yeah. producing countries, and so it's it's kind of an interesting because we often think of other spirit categories, Scotch, whiskey, and some other things in the UK that are made there, but not. Typically, most people don't don't think about rum may, being made in the UK. But, you know, of course, we've talked to a few people that we know have made rum or talked to us about rum made in the UK, Kit Carruthers yep. from Ninefold, and, and some others that we've spoken with, independent bottlers in the past in the UK. And so I think there was some interest there that's kind of was building up for us. And then, you know... In the rum world, you tend to hear some buzz here and there about some things. You know, we follow some people, we talk to some people, and I do think there has been some interesting buzz about the UK rum kind of craft scene, if you will. For sure. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's where the interest stems from to begin with. Yeah, I think the the recent UK Rum Fest, I think sometime around there, there was also like a little kind of UK-specific event that I think mm-hmm. was kind of maybe organized by the Rum Barrel blog, if I'm remembering correctly, but it brought together a lot of those producers and I heard a lot of positive reactions to that. And so, you know, anytime there's some area of the world where lots of new rum distilleries are popping up, even if it's a place that we don't historically associate with rum production that much, I, you know, we get curious about it. It's natural. And interestingly, I think this is something that Kit pointed out to us from Ninevolt when we had him on the show, which was kind of unbeknownst, at least to me, maybe you were aware, John, but that the UK does have some historical rum production there, you know, even going back to the 17th century, Mm -hmm. there are some records of rum being produced there, you know, bringing the molasses in, making the rum. So probably not all too dissimilar to some of the rum being made in the the colonies in the United States at that time. But um, so there's, there's interesting stuff. And to, to kind of give us a sense of the scale of UK rum at this point, like what are we talking about when we talk about the UK rum scene, the average UK rum distillery? Mm-hmm. I think 
in some ways a good comparison in just in terms of like what these distilleries look like and the scale of them is actually the United States. And we've previously done the rum cask guide to American rum, but a lot of the producers over there are working with similar small capacity, small batch. A lot of them are using those hybrid stills, you know, that can do a pot still run, but also have mm-hmm. a column component. They can do kind of versatile things with that. Some are also doing straight up pot still stuff, same in the United States, of course. But I think it's a useful kind of comparison. There are some differences, obviously the United States being a bigger country, much higher population geographically yeah yeah geogra- the kind of geographical you know not only size sheer size of it but right. just a lot of different climates and things like that that's not to say there aren't different climates in the uk obviously especially islands things can be drastically different mm-hmm. from one place to mm-hmm. the other and some of these distilleries are on completely different islands you know within the uk so you know there is some geographical diversity there but mm-hmm. you know not as much a big differences in like temperature as you would between you know like louisiana and new england in the united states for instance (laughs) but also just like the sheer scale you know i was one of the things i wanted to do was try to nail down like how many rum distilleries are there in the uk right now because in the u.s when we talk about distilleries that are making rum there's hundreds i think well over four or five hundred at this point not all of them are focused exclusively on rum but making rum yes in the UK, I was able to find an article, a very recent article from the, the spiritsbusiness.com, which was about the UK rum scene. And it noted, I'm just going to read this excerpt very quickly, but it said, in 2012, Cornwall's English spirit distillery launched Old Salt Rum, the first commercial rum to be fermented and distilled in the UK. Today... Nearly 30 producers around the country are producing rum from molasses, and the UK is now home to the largest rum distillery in Europe, Dropworks in Nottinghamshire. Um, So Dropworks is one of the distilleries we'll be tasting from later in the episode, of course. But so we're somewhere, you know, around almost 30 producers. That's that's a significant number. You know, even if most of these are small scale capacity distilleries, I think Dropworks is the the one true exception to that, which we'll talk about later in terms of having larger scale, larger capacity. But so this is something that's really kind of been a development just in the last 12 years or so and up to nearly 30 distilleries like that's something we've got to check that out we've got to know like what's going on here is there some sort of emerging uk (laughs) rum style that we can pick out out of this or is it more kind of like what we described in our american rum episode where it's like this is so new so many different young producers that it's kind of impossible to define like uh here's what you're gonna taste in a uk rum you know kind of like with american rum where it's more regional and you have to really zoom in to start to see some similarities another distinction i want to point out because i did invite the american rum comparison there are some key differences, one of which is that one of the things you see a lot in the States are rums that are made from molasses and a combination of crystallized sugar to some degree in there. In the UK, because of regulations there, you cannot label something rum that has been made from crystallized sugar. It mm. needs to be molasses or sugarcane juice, or maybe syrup is a, is a qualifier there, but it can't be made from crystallized sugar. So nearly all of these are made from molasses. There's one exception to that rule, which we'll talk about later in the episode, but just kind of wanting to, to draw the line there, some of the, some of the differences since I invited sure. the comparison. But 
yeah, anything else kind of stand out to you in terms of giving the overview, giving the introduction? I think, like you mentioned, it's a little bit of hunting to see about what some of the stylistic things or preferences or uh, just general ideas are coming out of this mm-hmm. or or the lack thereof, to yeah. your point, right? And um, is it really that UK is going after something that's all its own? Is it trying to mimic certain styles outside of the UK? And I, I don't mean to demean or you know, say that in a bad way, but I think yeah. sometimes you, you, as a, as a producer, you may want to try to say, well, you know, I like this rum and I want to do this and let me see how close I can get. But just by definition, being in a different geographic location, you're going to get something different. For sure. So I think it's, you know, that, that was a, a big question for me going in. And then just, you know, how much am I going to like this? Is, is there, <laughs> there going to be a lot to like here? Is there going to be like kind of eh, middling? Uh-huh, uh, so uh-huh. I think that was, that was the other thing. Yeah, I think um, those are all good points. And one of the things that I was interested in also is I didn't think there's going to be some type of UK consistent style connection between all these distilleries. I was expecting different things. One of the things that I will look for in kind of the next few years is do we start to see sort of regional styles within the UK? So Mm -hmm. a lot of the distilleries that we're going to be tasting are in scotland for example so does is there some kind of like coalescing around a scottish style of rum much like they do with their whiskey for example mm-hmm. is there going to be an english style of rum or, or is there even going to be a manx style of rum i think there's only one rum distillery on the isle of man so maybe they can really you know carve that out for themselves of what they want that style <laughs> to be but they get to define it <laughs> that's kind of how we broke up our u.s episode was like let's focus on kind of Louisiana, New England, and Hawaii as sort of these distinctive regions within the country. And that would be another key difference is that like with the U.S., you do get access to cane juice rums because sugarcane does grow in some areas of the U.S. So another distinction there. But so I'm honestly, full disclosure, we're recording the intro after we did our tastings and I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm excited for what this category has to show. And I guess before we go over to the tastings, because we did these flights, we, we kind of wanted to share with, with, with y'all the real-time reactions we had. And then we sort of pick out the standouts from each flight that we have. It's just kind mm-hmm. of, these are the ones that really jumped out to us as doing something interesting, different, something that we might want to buy, that sort of thing. So I think we should do a rundown just real quick. We won't go into the details because we do that during the tastings, but the distilleries we will be tasting from, Jay Gao Rum, which actually the distillery is called VS Distillers. The brand is Jay Gao Rum, started in 2017. We're going to be tasting from the Isla Rum Distillery, started in 2022. Also, of course, located in Scotland, like Jay Gao, except it is on the island of Isla. Outlier Distilling, which is the Isle of Man Distillery that I mentioned earlier, started in 2019. We're going to be tasting from them. Uh, Matuga Distillers, also in Scotland, started in 2015. Ninefold Distillery, which you've heard from on the Rumcast before, started in 2019, also located in Scotland. We're going to be tasting Sugar House Rum, also located in Scotland. A lot of Scottish distilleries in yeah. here, John. I'm really noticing that now. They started in 2017. Scratch Distillery, located in Hertfordshire, England, started in 2016. Retribution Distilling started in 2019, located in Somerset, England. And uh, Dropworks Distillery, which we mentioned early, earlier, located in England in Nottinghamshire. 
And I think that's it. That's the full lineup. All nine distilleries will be tasting. So another thing I'll add, John, is we would have loved to have been able to taste a rum from every UK rum distillery. But, you know, just due to limits of time in the episode and sourcing, you know, uh, cost that goes into that time that goes into sourcing those, we had to cut it off somewhere. So there are other distilleries out there that are noteworthy, I'm sure, and worthy of talking about. Um, Two Drifters is another one I've heard about. Um, Old Mother Hunt, Devil's Point, Circumstance Distillery, uh, the Cornish Distilling Company, which I mentioned earlier, uh, Illicit Spirits. There are there are many others out there. Uh, we did nine distilleries, which again, I mentioned the number earlier of nearly 30 producers. So somewhere around a third, probably, of of this date of what we did. So I feel like we got a a decent cross section, but by no means is this, you know, the definitive guide to every uh, UK rum out there at the, at the moment right now. But I do think it it gives a a nice snapshot of a good chunk of it. So I'm excited for people to hear this. I'm excited if you've tasted UK rum before to hear your impressions here, what did we not taste in this lineup? And we tasted multiple rums from some of these distilleries. So you'll get all the details as the episode unfolds, but you know, what do we miss that we need to definitely seek out a bottle and, and, you know, do a future episode on or, or that kind of thing? What have you had that you think is outstanding? Let us know. But uh, John, any anything else to leave people with before we go over to actually talking about the rums? No, I think we've we, we tasted through a lot. So we, we should probably just take a quick break and get over to it. All right. So what we're going to do this first round, we're starting with the lower proof stuff. So we have an unaged lower proof category. These rums are all in between. There's actually, this is going to make you happy, John. You may have already noticed this, but there are no 80 proof rums in the unaged lower proof category. The lowest it goes is 82 proof. We have a 41% rum, but it's a range from 41 all the way up to 46. So we're always begging producers to give us just that little bit more mm-hmm. over 80 mm-hmm. proof. It's not that we think all 80 proof rums are bad. We did an entire episode searching for mm-hmm. some of the, the standout 80 proof rums and found some really good ones, but it's just that little extra goes a long way. So, and especially, you know, when you're a, a, a newer young producer, I know, you know, the, the, the finances giving up the, that extra bit, sacrificing that for uh, for a little extra flavor isn't a small decision. So we appreciate I that. I wish I was in the room in, in the Huli Manx distillery when they were like doing that. And they were like, <laughs> is it 40%? Is it 80 proof? And they're like, nah, 41. It's 41. That's it's 41. right. Yeah. Um, we're we're I, thankful for it. So Yeah, yeah. And then we also have the aged lower proof. Um, again, no 80 proof here. These range from 42 up to 45. So um, I guess we'll get started with the unaged lower proof, and we're actually going to start with a distillery of which has been featured on the Rumcast in an interview with their founder distiller, Kit Carruthers, yeah. Ninefold Distillery, which is, to give a little bit of background, it's located in Scotland. I believe the area is called Dumfries and Galloway. It's located on kind of a like a farm, I think, if I remember correctly, an estate mm-hmm. of some sort. And like most things that we're going to be drinking today, actually everything except for one rum, which will be when we do the higher proof stuff, but almost everything is molasses. So this is a molasses-based fermentation. They source their molasses, according to their website, mostly from Algeria, which was interesting. interesting. I don't think I had seen that before. It's a three to four day fermentation with two yeasts. 
and hybrid pot still. They use both the pot and column during distillation, I believe, although it's also labeled as a pot still. So that's one of the things, and we notice this with American rum too, a lot of these newer producers have these hybrid stills where they can do a run that's 100% pot still. They can also engage the column or just engage a few of the plates on the column, depending on how they want to do it. So right. it's it's a little hard, you know, sometimes to gauge, okay, is this 100% pot still? Sometimes they go out of their way to be like, no, we only use the pot when we do this rub. We don't <laughs> use that column, you know, that's for when we do gin or our spice drum or, or whatever. So I, I'm not entirely sure. But I know that there is a, a pot still component here. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I should pick this up. Yeah, let's nose it. And I, I think another thing that we should talk about is kind of, and it's it's tough to, I don't want to speak too broadly about these rums before I taste them, but mm-hmm. sort of my impression of what these rums as a whole, for the most part, are going for, you know, these are unaged, lower proof rums, although higher than 80 proof. Again, thank you. And I think when you're a new producer, you know, it's it's not the best term, but craft distillery, quote unquote, as, as many of these, I think, would be categorized if, if they were in the U.S. That that unaged lower proof rum that you are bringing out is often kind of designed to be that sort of versatile, can work in cocktails primarily, you know, usually they'll be like, oh, also you can enjoy it neat. But, you know, a lot of the time they're mostly geared for cocktails. So we are not analyzing these in a cocktail context, but that's something that we will keep in mind. I think at least like in how I'm looking at these, I'm not necessarily looking for something that's just like, oh my God, you know, like uh, the the SBS series or, you know, the SBS Unaged series where it's, you yeah, know, yeah. these very high proof pungent rums. I, I'm looking for something that, or I'm expecting something, I think that is, you know, kind of laid back a little bit. Maybe there'll be some interesting flavors, but something yeah. that can work in a lot of different drinks and things like that. And, and something that's probably not just going to be like a complete flavor bomb. But again, right. I'm trying to keep them an open mind at the same time. So yeah, I, I think, I think what you're trying to say, and what I would imagine if I was trying to put myself as the distiller in most of these contexts, not all of them, right, mm-hmm. is you're looking for something in this category that's going to be approachable, yeah, right? And at the same time, has to have some sort of difference to them that makes sense and separates them out of the rest of the market. That's, so what, it's you hope, that's what you hope for, yeah. Right, yeah. I think so, for, for me, a lot of times when I look at this style of rum, I'm looking for... A, are there in, like, did they manage to make something that doesn't have just something glaringly like, oh, that feels like a flaw of some sort? Mm. And then B, if like, if they can check that box, then B, is there something that does feel like, oh, wow, that's kind of a little something interesting, mm-hmm. um, maybe even unique, different mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. that could separate themselves from the pack. But yeah, you know, when you're a newer young distillery doing this for the first time, in many cases, even just being able to check that first box to me is an achievement. It, you know, it's not always the most exciting thing, but it's like, you know, well done. You made something that is a decent unaged rum that like can work in cocktails. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, So I started nosing this one already and I've got a, a big note right up front for me is I'm getting that shoe polish note. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I can't yep. say I'm getting that overwhelmingly. Uh, um, I, I definitely feel like that's the dominant news for me. This this probably isn't going to be the most perceptive of descriptions, but what I'm getting for this is that if you go to a liquor store and pull off a, 
not necessarily unaged, but we'll say a white rum. It could be an aged and filtered rum. You know, something like Real McCoy 3, for example, that is mm-hmm. is just going to be, you know, clean, pleasant sweetness, you know, kind of cotton candy, a little vanilla, stuff like that, but but nothing like overly like, oh, there's, you know, big funky fruit or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm just getting kind yeah. of that crisp, clean, yes, you know, white rum vibe from it. Uh, I agree. Um, but I, I still get a shoe polish note on there. Um, it's not unpleasant, though. But yeah, I think classic vibes is kind of the right direction also. And it it, it, it packs a, a decent amount of flavor in there. Oh, and we I, should note, I completely overlooked this. 46%. Yeah. This is actually the highest proof of yeah. this um, category, which you know, we were talking about this before the best order to do these in. Normally, you would put the highest proof last. But I don't know. When you're working with lower proof stuff that is all within that 40 to 46 range. I, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Let's not, you know, let's not get up in arms about the, the order of the proofs. It's really funny because I almost, <laughs> you know, I was just talking about checking box one, right? This rum to me is like the, the prime example of a rum that does a, an excellent job checking box one. It's clean. It's bright. There's nothing wrong with this rum that I can pick up on. Um, right. I think this would be very versatile, could work in a ton of different things, could be comparable to a lot of white rums that are on the shelves, you know, commercially available in lots of places. And I'm kind of I'm searching to see if there is that differentiator of like, mm-hmm. wow, like th- this has that little something that, you know, and I haven't found it yet. So I'm going to I'm going to keep no. tasting and see. I, I'll double down on that by saying what I would say about this rum so far is it's well made. Mm hmm. So, you know, as a very general, broad descriptor, it's a well-made white rum or unaged rum here that brings exactly what you would expect. But like you, I I don't know. And I think I want to kind of come back to it after we've had a few others just to see how that works itself out and differentiates, if if at all. But I I think the proof is integrated. The alcohol is integrated well. It's got a... I wouldn't say it's a super creamy kind of rum, but it's got a little bit of creaminess to it on on the Mm -hmm. palate, like a little oiliness it's 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 rock solid to me and again like this may not sound like the sexiest thing to listeners but this is not easy to do you know (laughs) the yeah and i don't i don't want to characterize kit and nine volt as like complete noobs or anything obviously they he's been doing this for a few years now but relative to distilleries that have been doing this for decades and decades if not centuries you know and, and i'm not saying like automatically oh this is as good as anything in the caribbean that's you know i'm not not saying that. I'm just saying this is like, you know, it's really solid and that's not yeah. easy to do. I, I, it doesn't, I feel like I wouldn't mix this up with a Caribbean rum though. Like I'm not, I'm not sure that's given me that vibe right now, but that, you know, so much of this is perception. We're not doing this blind obviously. And you know, it, it's already taking shape in my mind as this is a UK rum flight. So will, maybe that I'll, has something to do with it. I'll, I'll add this to what you just said to me. If I had this in a blind flight, which stupid imaginary scenario, because that's not what I'm doing. Um, right. but if I were to, I think I don't I don't necessarily think I would have been like automatically. Yep. Caribbean rum. That's what this is. That's what I'm saying. Um, right. But at the same time, I, I like I don't necessarily pick up something in this that I've never had from other regions. Like I'm not like, oh, I see the Scottish angle of this, you know? No. Um, yeah. So. I, I do think, like, I think if you lined it up with aged and, you know, filtered r- white rums, basically, that are designed as kind of 
mass market. I, I would say like the more medium premium mass market. I'm not talking about like the bottom shelf stuff. I think it would blend in well with with that category of stuff. All, All right. right. We're going to move on. So we will now be doing Sugar House Rum. This is another distillery in Scotland. Actually, a lot of these producers we're doing are, are actually in Scotland. I may have to look into maybe why that is. So I believe they're located around Glasgow. They started in 2017. Oh, also, I should note about Ninefold, they started in 2019. Just kind of want to get those dates out there. This is a molasses fermentation, five to seven days. Uh, they have a, a hybrid pot still. Again, I believe what I've seen online is they use both the pot and column still during distillation. And this is what they call Sugar House White Rum. It's at 43%. So we will nose this and see what we're dealing with. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would have a hard time differentiating on the nose right now between the ninefold we just had and this one. This one actually, to me, feels a bit sharper on the nose. Not necessarily a, a bad sense. Similar. Similar, though. Yeah. And again, this is part of why when we went into these samples, I was trying to kind of give the overview of what my guess would be as to what these rums are going for, you know? And so I do think we will see some commonalities. I'm also, I'm hoping we'll get some that are just like, okay, wow, this, you know, this one kind of stands out from the mold a little bit, but the nose alone, similar. There are some, there's some differences. I kind of need to put them next to each other, but I'm just going to go ahead and take a sip. Go for it. I, I just finished my sip. And what I would say is I think that what you said is backed up on the palate for me. It is a little bit sharper on the palate than the ninefold was. Again, not that that's a a bad thing. Sometimes when we say that, you know, people think, oh, rough, you know, but it's it's not that it's rough. It has a longer finish. And this is this is less. This is 43 percent ABV. So there is a longer finish I'm getting on this one than on the ninefold. I also get just like a little like a hint of kind of soft fruits, like maybe that maybe the tiniest hint of a fresh banana in there. Mm-hmm. But when I say banana, I don't want people to think like, oh, you know, it, it, it tastes like a Jamaican rum because mm-hmm. um, that's not the comparison I would use, but just like a little bit of, of fruitiness in there that's nice. I'd give it closer to like a melon. Uh, yes, yeah, I could see that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pear, maybe something like that. Sure. But they are in very much in the same wheelhouse and both of them seem like, you know, a, a rum that I would be glad to have to pour into pretty much anything. Yeah, again, this is another rum that to me passes that first test. Right. Ain't got anything wrong with it. And a lot of times people will use that in a pejorative sense, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't mean it that way. Like, trust me, I've tasted a lot of bad rums from young rum distilleries. It's we, it's not we, as easy to pull something like this off as one yeah, I was think. I was going to say, so we, we typically, typically, because there's at least one infamous example that I have of something <laughs> I didn't like, but typically we try to remain pretty positive. But at the same time, Look, if I feel like something is milk toast or just bad, I, I will still say that. But here so far, that's not the case. That that said, for the first two of these, there's there's nothing that I'm 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 getting jazzed about either, right? Like you said, they're classic, they're good, I'm enjoying them. And what's next? That's kind yeah. of how I feel about it. Now, that is the particular type of drinker I am also, though, right? We're talking about to your point earlier about mm-hmm. an unaged rum that's at this you know, ABV that we're right now sipping and we're not putting them in cocktails. Yep. Uh, okay. You know, got it. And I will say, you know, I went, 
went back to the ninefold again. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like this one's like a little bit rounder. And I, yeah. I'm actually getting a little bit more subtle fruit on this one as well, as opposed to just kind of the, you know, that general vanilla cotton candy kind of sweetness that is is mm-hmm. often there in, in these kind of white rums. But we must move on. So, John, what is next? All right. So up next is the Hooli. This is the this one is a, a very interesting name. The Hooli Manx White Rum, and this is from Outlier Distilling. So they are mainly doing rum, but not necessarily only doing rum. This distillery was started back in 2019. Do you know, Will, if they're what else they're doing? I think they did like a schnapps or something like that, mm. if I'm remembering correctly on their website. But I, I do think that like. It, it seems like the the that, like it seems like they're a rum distillery to me, you know, and like yeah. maybe they did a couple other little they just fun things. Yeah, yeah. It seems like things. they might have dabbled in a couple other things, but yeah. Just from what I can see, it seems like they are first and foremost a, a rum distillery. Yeah. So they've been around a few years. Started back in 2019, similar to the Sugar House, or, or was it Ninefold? Sorry. They're located though. This one's the one you mentioned. This is from the Isle of Man. So yes. that small island that's right kind of in the center of the UK there between, if my geography is not failing me, Ireland and <laughs> Scotland for the most part, uh, and Wales, like in that area, right between all of those. All right. Look um, at you. Yeah. So this is molasses also. Fermentation is about 10 to 14 days. So that's similar also to the, the sugar house that says roughly two weeks. This distillation is pot still with a three plate column. So another hybrid, but... You're, we're saying here we think they just use the pot still for their rum. Yes, I believe that is what they've said. And, and one small correction, the Sugar House rum was just a week fermentation. So, ah. yeah, this one's 10 to 14 days. So it's actually, I wish I could pretend that I noticed this in advance and was smart, but we, we've kind of increased the fermentation time as we've gone along. So we started ninefold was like three to four days. Then we had a week. Now we're at 10 to 14 days. Oh, so, yeah. So cranking up the, the fermentation length a little bit. And I will say this nose experience quite distinct from the first two samples very super different yeah and really quite distinctive in just rums in general that i've had i don't know that i've encountered a nose quite like this before and i will say one thing about the name you know you're saying it's kind of a fun name i believe huli is what they do it's it's like a word for a windstorm or something like that Mm -hmm. on the isle of man and manx refers to being of the Isle of Man, like Manx, I think like language is kind of referred to there. And please forgive me, our listeners in the UK, as we, you know, maybe butcher slight details and pronunciations and and things like this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately, our history classes, we don't delve too deeply into British stuff outside of the Revolutionary War. So we won't dig up old wounds, though. Yeah. You're super right, though. This is perhaps the most unique nose I've had on anything lately. And I just came back from a rum show with a lot of rum. So this is very different. It really kind of skirts the line between some interesting, like herbal, more savory Mm -hmm. notes and also fruity notes for me. Like I'm getting both. And there's, there's also, um, I don't know if you get this, but a a bready quality that I get Mm. in there as well. Yeah, maybe just just a little bit on the back. Almost end like a there. wheat, like a wheat dough or something like that. I'm getting something closer to. It's not juicy fruit gum, maybe. No, I see what you mean. Something in that vein, yeah. But there's something like a fruit roll up. Yeah, it's kind of like um, and 
when I say this, it's going to sound bad, but I don't mean it bad, but almost like that kind of like artificial tropical yes. fruit that, yes. that you would find in candy or something like that. Correct. Yes. Um, Runts. Yeah. Not, not a I, banana runt for me. It's no, 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 no. I, it's I a really fascinating actually, nose. It is. Fruit roll-up is the closest thing I'm going to get to, I think, it's right a, It's a very candy-driven nose. It, it reminds me of candy with, like, that little bit of herbal and yes. um, breadiness to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for the palate on this one. Let's see. Yeah, and we should point out, this is 41%. I, you may have said that, so forgive me if you did, but I was just kind of mm. reminding myself of that. Well, I get on the palate the herbal thing that you were going for with the nose. This is interesting because... It's it's not near as big for me on the palate as it is on the nose by quite a margin. But I still find myself salivating a little bit uh, on the finish, which usually when I'm salivating like that, there's something I, that, that I, is agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. But it, it's 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 pretty t- pretty toned down. It, it is toned down. But I also think this one to me is kind of getting in the territory of checking that second box where... A lot of times when rum enthusiasts get something that is distinctly different, oh, we, we've talked about this before in our happy hours, how like saying it's interesting is kind of like the yeah. rum nerds version of saying it's smooth, you smooth. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes you can say something is interesting and that just means it's different, but I also think it's kind of bad, you know, but I want to say yeah. something nice about it. But sometimes interesting can just mean interesting uh, in a good right. way. And to me, this is... an like the nose is really interesting. A lot of the characteristics I got on the nose, I do get in the palate. But I think you're very correct in that it is toned down, which I actually think is probably a service to what they're trying to achieve with this rum. Mm. You know, you want something that is going to appeal to a decent swath of people. And I do think there's enough interesting stuff in here to get rum nerds coming back for it you know yeah um yeah. i you know obviously we also want the the cast strength version and and one of my regrets of this episode is outlier they have a huli overproof version that i've heard really great things about from other commentators across the the rum universe and they do like it has some age stuff in it but it also has some unaged stuff like they do some interesting, interesting. blending <laughs> stuff with it and i wasn't able to secure uh, a bottle of that for this but I will say that, like, what's going on here just makes me want to try that overproof even more. I think they're actually even yeah. using the overproof rum in, I forget which cocktail it is. Maybe it's the zombie at Trailer Happiness. So, oh. like, you know, if you're making it into the zombie at a, a, a bar that's been as recognized as Trailer Happiness, like, mm-hmm. probably doing, doing something, something right, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, like you just said, I'll I'll just back you up that I I really wish we had the overproof for at some point we get a chance to try the overproof with this. This is I, you also made a really good point that I hadn't thought about, which is the approachability. Like we said at the outset, um, for something like this with such a big what? Oh, I'm so sorry, but you know sometimes the descriptor you've been looking for hits you yes. out of nowhere. Okay. What is it? What is it? Peach rings. You know the oh. gummy peach candy. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. That's what this is giving for me. Yeah, you're right. There is that now that I'm going back in the glass, even though I don't have anything left, I'm just sniffing it, and that's absolutely right. It does have a peach vibe, and it, yeah. it is those peach rings, like you said. Yes, I'm now imagining myself at the movie theater with like uh, you know those kind of candies, mm-hmm. and that's a hundred percent on point for it. 
I'm sorry I interrupted you. I mean, that was worthwhile to hear. Uh, but <laughs> it, what I was saying is about its approachability. I think that's a really interesting and good point. Uh, interesting, interesting, not interesting, smooth. And, <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> and it is, it is true that, you know, sometimes when I've shown people that are non-rum drinkers some of those Jamaican overproofs or like the Savannah Her, it blows them out of the water and they never want to come back and, you know, they avoid my house altogether. But something like this does feel like maybe it's there to bridge the gap to be like, wow, this is super different than they've ever had, but doesn't just absolutely destroy them on the palate. So I, yeah. And yeah. I think that's a really fine line to walk to. And I, I think that they've achieved it with this. I'm really impressed with, with this rum and yeah, because I, like, I think one thing you have to think about sometimes putting yourselves in the shoes of a new small distillery and I don't know if, if this is outliers approach or not, but a lot of times, you know, you're relying on people coming in to visit your distillery and right. you want them to be able to take something away from it that they can do something with. Right. Right. And so if you do have something that's just way crazy out there, I'm not saying yeah. you can't pull that off because I, I know some small distilleries who do that and do it quite well, mm -hmm. but it's you a know, risk. It, it's, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. And for, for someone to be able to take this home and be like, oh, wow, this is unique and different. But also, I could, you know, put this in a daiquiri, I could put this in a pina colada, I could put this in Coke, I could, you know, I could do whatever, and it's it's gonna be right at home. Well done, outlier. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's certainly different. And that's kind of what we asked for from the first couple. So mm -hmm. that's fun to see. All right, moving on to the next one here. Yeah, what's up next? We've got Scratch Distillery, and this is their, their rum they call Faithful. So this is Scratch Faithful. Um, Scratch is a distillery that only does rum. They're a rum distillery started back in 2016. So this is the, the oldest yeah, distillery yeah. so far. Yeah, been around for a while. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're located in England, and I'm going to butcher this, Hertfordshire. <laughs> Hertfordshire? Hertfordshire. It's Probably like Worcestershire. Worcestershire. That's what I was going for. Like, how do I get rid of half the letters in Hertfordshire? <laughs> or maybe it is Hertfordshire. I don't know. But Hertfordshire, uh, England. And uh, so this is molasses as well. But the, interestingly, in this one, they are using yeah. a portion of fresh dunder and a portion of aged dunder in their fermentation. So they're... they're Range of different time periods for each of these. The unaged rum that we're doing now is around 14 days also. So like you said, maybe it was inadvertent, but we're still up at around 14 days fermentation time, like the last coolie one we tried, uh, and using some different yeasts. This one is pot still, by the way. So this is, it looks like just pot still. That's all they got in Scratch Distillery. So that's what we're trying here. And this is a 42%, so 84 proof pot still rum another thing you know I, I try to poke around and kind of see do they have a description of this rum and sometimes you have to try to separate the marketing copy from you know what they were saying they're hoping to achieve with it but on their website they do say that this is inspired by jamaican white rums so because of that i'm not necessarily gonna like immediately compare it to that and only that but i'll kind of use it as a reference point of maybe what they were trying to achieve so I totally get on the nose here the, the Jamaican white rum kind of direction, and yet it's still unfamiliar in a weird way. Like it's familiar-ish, but unfamiliar. It's, it's another one that stands out to me from the others that we've had so far. Um, yeah. Kind I'm of just a, not sure I love it yet. Yeah. It, it's got kind of a pepperiness on the nose. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. That's in Almost there. towards an Australian. And I almost feel like like there's something in it that's trying to be that 
that fruity, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jamaican component, but like, I don't think it's there, you know? Right, right, right. Like, I kind of see what I, I think they may have been going for. A little bit of, I get a little bit of an herbal quality from this as well, almost like um, like a bay leaf or something like that, a little bit, and like the back. Yeah, it's just, it, it, we, I wouldn't know that I would call it a flaw, but there's just something that I'm not super enthused about on the nose just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that it's bad. I don't mean it's bad, but I'm just, I'm not in love with it yet. I'm going to try it now. I actually do like the palate quite a bit better than the nose. The nose is just kind of okay. It's got kind of a weird something in there. I haven't put my finger on it yet. But the palate, you're, you're, you're spot on when you say that's got that herbal note to it. A little bit of like the tiny bit of eucalyptus or something in there. Yeah. And it kind of is in the vein of a very lighter version of a claren or a Mexican type of rum. Interesting. Like a Paranubes or something, but, but much lower in strength. To, to me, it doesn't really yeah, get into I'm, that territory at all. For me, like, I, I see what you mean by, like, lighter, toned down, but it's, it's... It's quite savory. It feels kind of savory to me. Um, like, I get a little bit of that herbal quality. There's, there's a little bit of that character on the nose that I wasn't super enthused with. It's almost kind of solventy a little bit. And I do agree that the, the palate is more approachable, I think, than the nose. That uh, characteristic is still there a little bit, and yeah. I do get some of the herbs, um, but the that's all. That's all within a package that is very much in the vein of the other rums we've been describing. So, yeah, I wouldn't describe this as like big and bold or anything nope. like that. There's nothing particularly wild about it to me, and I'm not, you know, they're they're not describing it as that. But you know, you start hearing two different kinds of dunder and, you know, long fermentation and, and inspired by Jamaica. And so right. your expectations start going to something that this doesn't quite align with where my expectations were going, which again, you know, I may not be perfectly in tune with exactly what they were going for in the rum. I won't, you know, assume that I am. So mm-hmm. that's fine. It, it, it certainly has something slightly different about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the most neutral we've tried so far. Maybe like and a very slight mint on the finish I'm getting. Uh, yep, I got that too. Yeah, I get like a ketchup is not the right, but like something <laughs> kind of like... That's interesting. Like, uh, well, you've heard people say that about Paranubis, right? Like ketchup-y yeah. type of thing. It's in that direction, but maybe this is a little bit slightly more like, you know, weak tomato paste or something. I don't know. Um, the, the tomato, I'm having trouble getting that at all. That's missing me. Well, it's because the um, Huli broke your palate on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a palate buster. It's it's not. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, no, fun fact about me, though, is I do hate ketchup. I, I do, too. No way. I do, too. I do not like ketchup. I use mustard more than anything. Yes. I, I use mayo more than probably. I like I, mayo. I, I consider the big three condiments in the U.S. at least, you know, ketchup. Mustard, mayo, like those correct. Are the you know, yeah. just what you're yeah. gonna find on the correct yeah, I, order is mustard, mayo, then ketchup. In I, I would I would put mayo at the front at the front because then you also get all the interesting aiolis and things like that. You know, um, yeah. I, there's some interesting mustards too. You know, anyway, we're <laughs> way off base here. I just wanted to put in a, an anti ketchup plug, and I'm over the moon that that, that you don't like it either. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. Not a, not a ketchup person either. I do love I love tomatoes. I love tomato sauces, tomato paste. Love it all. Hey, ketchup. Yeah. Uh, uh, same here. Exactly. Cheers. 
All right, so there was one little mix-up in our little sample exchange. I got a sample and forgot to include some of it for you in the the and when I gave you some samples in person. And so I don't know how we'll approach this. Maybe we'll circle. We'll we'll do that one last because it's just going to be me, and we will just skip ahead to the last unaged lower proof rum on our list, which is from the Isla Rum Distillery. So this is, as the name suggests, a rum distillery on Isla, which is in Scotland. It was started in 2022. Isla, of course, is known for, it's a one of the big regions of regions. scotch productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, known for quite peaty scotches. Is that mm-hmm. is that a correct characterization, John? Yes. Lagavulin, uh, Lafroig. Yeah, and a few others that are pretty yeah. well known. Yep. So this is their this is their inaugural release. It is a forty five percent unaged rum, and it has a name that is actually in Gaelic. So this is the I know I'm not going to say this correctly because I've I've never attempted to say any Gaelic words, but I've heard Gaelic words, and I've always thought, man, that sounds like it'd be difficult if I tried to say that. I did look up the pronunciation of this word, and so I. Asked chat GPT how to pronounce this. I tried to find videos with people saying this word. It was difficult. But anyway, I'm just going to give it a shot. I believe it is pronounced Gyal. So it is G-E-A-L. Gyal, I believe. Yeah, it is Gaelic. Just, just, you know, you're from Alabama. Say good day, y'all. <laughs> y'all you know, with, and with like, G. Y'all. Yeah, y'all. y'all with a G. Gyal. Yeah. So it's uh, the Gaelic word for white, clear, bright, pure. And on their website, they say it is inspired by rums with origins spanning Haiti, Jamaica, and the French West Indies, but with an intense Scottish twist. So again, kind of conjuring some expectations there in my mind. This is distilled on a, they actually, they have a double retort pot still set up there at Isla Rum Distillery. Seven plus day fermentation, molasses, I think I may have noted that earlier. They use a a distiller's yeast for the standard release. We have a a special release from them that we're going to do when we get to our higher proofed unaged stuff that is done with some more interesting stuff that I'll talk about then. Not that this is Mm -hmm. boring, just different a little bit. I think kind of a little bit more approachable than probably some of their limited releases are designed to be. And uh, if the name didn't make it clear, they only make rum at the Isla Rum Distillery, to my (laughs) knowledge at least. So, um, thank goodness. Let's pick this up. Yeah. Fun and fact. Did I did I did I say forty five percent? Did oh, I say forty five? I don't know if he did. 45%, okay, forty five percent. Yes. Gyal is also a Jamaican patois word. Really? For, is it for for girl? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Gyal. Same yeah. spelling. I think it is. That's what I've seen. I'm not the expert on that, but all right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm liking the nose here. Um, so am I. I think of all the rums we've had, this is what I would describe as the thickest nose. Like this, it smells like Damn a. Damn, yeah. Thick. <laughs> it smells. It's it's a thick with two C's nose. You know, um, like it. It just. I'm. I'm expecting kind of a you know thick oily mouthfeel right pot right. still like that's what I'm getting uh, off this nose. I'm getting the most complex thing we've had so far in a mm. nose. When I say that, I mean that I'm getting different things as I go back in and that it's like kind of transitioning back and forth from a little bit of sweetness to a little bit of something else. You've got mm-hmm. like 
like some of those stewed fruits notes that you might get uh, in some Jamaicans and and some of those rums from the Caribbean, even Haiti also. So I like this is the first time I feel like, yes, what they've written here kind of feels like it's matching up, at least from the nose so far. Yeah, I, I get where you're going from that. I also get an element that's almost kind of like wet pavement or like river rocks, sort of like something a little hmm. bit earthy a, like a little hint of grunge kind of in yeah. there you lick um, in the pavement very often <laughs> oh every day <laughs> you can take my morning walk gotta lick the pavement <laughs> <laughs> my basketball playing days are, are behind me oh okay. i've had i've All had right. too many friends like tear their achilles or acl or mm. something i'm like uh there's it's, it's a young man's game we're unless, not spring chickens anymore it's true unless you're lebron james and you play until you're 40 I'm going in. Yeah, me too. Hell yeah. Sometimes you just know when something you like just hits you. This is this is it for me. This one is really great. Yeah, I'm digging this. And I remember when we were trying to figure out what stuff to order, you and I went back and forth because we, we ordered all these rums from the Whiskey Exchange. And we went back and forth on should we just get Isla Rums standard unaged rum release or they also had this other one that was like 55 percent and way longer fermentation like native bacteria dunder like all this stuff and you sold me on getting the other one the the higher proof one which we will talk about later and i remember when we talked to a listener a friend of the show christopher in dc who had this rum and uh, hooked us up with some of it i I remember detecting a little hint of in his voice and i don't want to put words in his mouth because i may have misread but it was almost like yeah it's good but it's just kind of a you know it's a it's a standard white rum the other one's probably a lot more exciting that type of thing and christopher if i'm putting words in your mouth i'm so sorry um <laughs> so my expectation of this was like a little bit more towards the first couple of rums we tried mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um it kind of has blown those expectations out of the water while also fitting, like, I, I, at the same time, I think this is very approachable. And it is. I get excited about stuff like this because it's hard to make any kind of good rum. But I also think it's really hard to make something that is in that sweet spot of approachable, but also really interesting and distinct. And that's yeah. where I think this one is living for me right now. I'm not as convinced as the distinctness. Like, this is the one so far that I, had I tried blind, I think I would have for sure not placed it in, you know, the UK, let alone Isla. Um, So for me, it's the most surprising in one way. And then also, uh, I'm not getting unique. I'm just getting freaking good. Like, it is just great. Um, It's interesting you say that. that I kind of look for in, in a great rum is there on the palate and on the nose. It's actually the more I come back to it, the more it is subtle, but it does have that complexity. And in terms of just like the feel of it and everything, it it has that really nice, a little bit heavier feel on the palate than some of the other rums. You're right. Um, and to me, it balances some of those sweet and earthy, I would. I don't even know that I would say savory as much as like earthy. Of course, there's yeah. some crossover there, but I do get something that is like. I'm not going to say Pete. I'm not going to say Pete. Um, <laughs> just with like a mental note You'd to be self. Crazy if you said. Pete. Um, I don't I'm get not that saying at all. that. 
Yeah, I don't because I don't get that. But uh, it's almost a grassiness, but not in the way at all that a Martinique rum is grassy. It's not that type at all. Again, trying yeah. to come up with stuff on the fly is difficult. Well, and for a rum like this, which is probably the most difficult to capture that we've had of this flight, I think that's hard. Sometimes something sticks out to you. Peach rings, you know, like, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely that. And it's dominant, right? Whereas this, I don't get anything that's quite dominant because it's, it's integrated with so many different kind of layers. So it's harder to pick those out sometimes. This is going to sound like so like self-indulgent, like annoying rum review speak. <laughs> but the best thing I can relate to this is it's kind of like stepping outside on like a nice fall evening or something like that. You know, that kind of like outside what? smell. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. what? <laughs> we don't get seasons down here in Miami. That's right. That's right. And um, it's very hard. Second of all, stepping outside on a nice fall evening. I'm going to make sure to quote you on that one. That's why I told um, you it was going to sound extremely <laughs> cringe, but that's what it reminds me of. It has this outdoorsiness vibe to it. I've got a connection in my mind, and I want to let me state at the outset that before having tried, this is just going back in my memory. So I want to try it against another rum that you're familiar with to see if I'm right, or I could be way off, and I'm okay if I'm way off. But I'm getting a little bit of the Holmes Key Fiji that we did. Just a That's little bit. Interesting. Just a little something there that reminds me of that Holmes Key lightly aged Fiji. I'm not if sure squ- what it is. If I squint and search for it, I kind <laughs> of see what you're talking about. A little bit. Uh, I, I will say, I'm, I'm going to go back because I have the bottle in the other room. So in a little while, and uh, I'll, I'll go back and try that and come back to it and tell you if I'm super crazy. But that's where my, my palate memory is going, which is weird. I grant you. But, you know, I think that stepping outside on an evening, ridiculous thing, you know, that I said earlier, uh-huh. I think some You're of sticking it, you, with it, you remember, no, you remember when I was talking about the nose, I was saying there's kind of like a wet pavement, yes. river rock type yeah. thing. After I it think rains. Mm-hmm. Literally that. Yes. Yeah. Like the smell after it rains. I guess. That's actually a name <laughs> it sounds for like, It sounds like uh, describing yeah. a scented candle or well, something. So you're welcome for this. It's called Petricor. That's the Petricor. actual name. Yes. That's the name of it. That P-E- sounds like a. You, you, I've never that seen like a, a sub. That a, sounds like a, a, a sub genre look before. The, no, <laughs> it sounds like a sub genre of metal. Uh, P e t r i c h o r. Look it up. Tell me if I'm wrong. C h o r. Oh yeah. C h o r. The first yeah. thing that came up when I searched Petricor, by the way, it yeah. auto completed Petricor, but then it also said Petricor candle. Remember, I said it sounded like I'm describing a scented uh, candle. Yeah. Um, a pleasant smell that frequently accompanies the first rain after a long period of warm, dry weather. See, bingo. I knew yeah, I sounded like an idiot for a while in trying to get to what I was getting to, but this is it. Together, we arrived at Petrichor. That is Petricor, a prominent is. note I get from this in a really enjoyable way. All right, so we should probably rank this flight here. Uh, you know, another I, thing I'm getting for this is kind of um, uh, like a cantaloupe type melon vibe hmm. from it as well. Um, I can see that. There was a fruit. I was having trouble putting a word to it, but that's kind of what I'm getting. It's interesting going back to the inspiration for that rum, which is described as Haiti, yep. Jamaica, French West Indies, but with an intense Scottish twist. It's closer to papaya for me than cantaloupe. Sure. I could see that. Yeah. I, like, I kind of see where it's coming from. I, I don't think I would have thought it was a rum from either of those places. And again, I don't think that's what they were going for either. 
Like, I don't think I would have guessed this was a Caribbean rum. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to be like, oh, yeah, Isla rum, Scottish, Scottish rum, for sure. Because this is, you know, the first few times I've been having those rums. But I think that they've achieved capturing kind of a sense of place a bit, you know? Yeah, uh, that's another good point, because, you know, if you can... If it's hard to put your finger on something, then maybe you're on something just wholly new, and that's all your own. Mm-hmm. So I think if that's the point you're making, then hey, good good job. You know, like that's really freaking hard to do. So awesome. I, I think we so I think what we decided we're not going to rank all of these, right? But we are going to pick maybe our favorites, just some the, standouts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some standouts. Like if if you had tried these independent of me, and you know, we'd hopped on the phone and we're like, oh, I had some, you know, low yeah. proof unaged UK rums. Like, you know, what what are the first couple from this that would come to mind for you? I feel well, like I know what they are and I feel like mine are the same, but go ahead. And maybe they are. I mean, in a, in a way that's validating, right? I, I don't think we have the same palette for sure. Yeah. Um, but when we line up, it's usually for a reason. The Isla rum, the last one there, certainly the most surprising and feels to me, like the one I enjoyed the most, both on the nose and the palate. So that's, you know, def- definitely where I would say the standout was. If I had to pick another one, I would say the Huli was fun. A- and none of these were bad, by the way. I wouldn't say any of these were, were something I wouldn't go back to or use somehow. But the Huli was probably the, the most different and fun. And then the Isla Rum Company was probably my favorite with regards to just the, the flavors that it's bringing to the table. So I've got the same two. Yep. Yeah. I think I think Isla would be the the standout for me, and the Outlier Distillings Huli Manx White up there as well. The, the, those were the two that I thought kind of hit that sweet spot of there's something different here, but also it's approachable, well made. Yeah, Ninefold and Sugar House I think were also very well made and achieved something that is approachable and mm-hmm. you know polished. So, yeah, shout out to them as well. I, get, I do have this retribution sample. That um, Oh, yeah, that's right. My retribution will be that one day I will drink it without you as <laughs> yeah. well. Um. So this is uh, a 44% ABV pot still molasses rum. Not sure on the fermentation details here. This is the only distillery, I think, of the ones that we're trying that is not a straight-up rum distillery. So they also make whiskey, vodka, and gin. Started in 2019 in Somerset in England. And I, I believe they're aging some rum in ex-bourbon as well, but we just have the the unaged right now. Or I shouldn't say we, because only I have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, pot still, if I didn't say that already. So We's a French word. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So right off the bat, the nose here, I'm going to put into the ninefold sugar house box of very approachable, clean. There's a little bit of fruit in there too. Yeah, alcohol is well integrated, drinks very nicely, no huge bold flavors or anything sticking out, clean, you can see this working in a lot of different drinks, Mm -hmm. pleasant sweetness, a hint, you know, a hint of fruits and things like that. But yeah, I I would put it in that that category with Sugar House and Ninefold, achieving approachability, versatile. They're like the the Coldplay of this lineup. They're (laughs) approachable and, you know enjoyable yeah the the, I, I like cold the, play. the the cold play to the radio head of um <laughs> of huli and um isla yeah yeah 
one of those might be the police or David Bowie or something. I'm not sure, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, now I like this. Yeah. So do we want to take a quick break and then do our aged or our, our, yeah, aged lower proof? Rums? Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're back with our aged lower proof category. Now here we're going to do four rums and only one of these rums is going to come from a distiller we've already discussed. So there is another ninefold rum in here. We're not going to start with that one, though. We're going to start actually with two rums from the same distillery, which we have not gotten to yet. This is, it's actually the distillery, I believe, is called VS Distillers, but the brand is J. Gao. So this is one of those brands that like I already had some familiarity with, like I'd heard of them before. I was aware yeah, of me them too. as a UK mm-hmm. rum brand. I, I think they've kind of made some noise. They've been around since 2017. This is another one that is located in Scotland, actually on, I, th- I think what is a very small Island, according to their website, 0.15 square miles called, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but lamb home. It's part of the Orkney islands and archipelago mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a molasses fermentation. They actually, they do a few different marks there that I, I, I don't have, you know, the names of all of them written down and, and what the distinctions are, but fermented for between five to 14 days. So, you know, kind of a medium up to long fermentation time in there. Uh, and some use dunder or what they may also refer to as backset, which is kind of a common descriptor used in the whiskey industry, right. but essentially similar to dunder. So they do that. They're aging. They actually have an array of of various casks, John. They're using ex-bourbon. They've got some virgin oak. They've got some ex-wine casks, you know, fortified wine casks and stuff like that. But they also have something very interesting, which is going to be the second rum we're trying, which is chestnut casks. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But they're they're still, they have a 2,000 liter pot still with a Mm -hmm. rectification column. These rums are all described as pot still. So I'm assuming they're not engaging that rectification column during the distillation of these. But um, this first one we're trying is J. Gao Revenge Rum, 43% ABV, pot still aged three years in ex-bourbon and virgin oak. So a blend of, of casks there. And they also say it is a blend of their HD and DS marks, which mm. I don't know what HD and DS marks stand for. I do believe J. Gao is a reference to an infamous pirate who kind of was in the Orkney Islands somewhere mm-hmm. up there. And, you know, we, you know, we talk about how we kind of roll our eyes at some of the piratey brands and stuff like that. But I will say for Jay Gow, like if you look at their bottle and everything, it's not like super in your face, like, are you know, kind of <laughs> there's there's no pirate with an eye patch and a peg leg or anything like that. There's there's some maritime in imagery. But um, you know, it's not in your yeah. face pirates, which 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 I appreciate. So it's it's anyway. not full Full, um, oh shit, what's the name of Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah, or Captain Morgan, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, well, it's it's interesting, right? The the Orkney Islands is just like not a place that I would have thought you'd find an only rum distillery. It's it's Mm. very interesting to me. I don't mean that in a, hopefully that didn't sound derogatory. It's just not the place I would have thought to point on the map and say, yep, rum is made there. Um, which I find interesting. I also feel like Jay Gao is an interesting name. I do feel like it's like the cool name of like the full name. Like it, it must have been like his name is like Jonathan Gowander or something. And there were some like his first mate was like, look, you should just go with like Jay Gao, you know, like like J Lo, you know. Yeah, that's that's it's, probably it's like the, what happened. The scene in the Social Network. Drop the the, you know. Yeah, drop the the exactly. 
just Facebook. Right. Just JGAL. Um, yeah, well, I have to. I have to get the name now that we're talking about it. It's uh, John. <laughs> well, that, John. that made yeah. sense. Yeah, you should. Why, why often, don't you? Why don't you go by Jay Gullah? Jay. I was Dot, gonna say I've you know? often thought of going by Jay Gull. You know, so I could call you J Dot. I feel like J. that's Dot. a that's a <laughs> J Dot. J Dot Miami. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and and there, you know, I I think we'll probably talk about this when we record our intro, but there are some his there there is historic you know rum production in uh, the UK, which actually was a surprise. I remember when we interviewed. Uh, kit from ninefold he brought that up and i was like oh wow i didn't know that which is yeah. you know a common reaction when when american rum gets talked about uh I, I, you know i think some people in the u.s are aware that rum was produced here you know in the colonial era but uh, it's a surprise but yeah similar thing over there mm-hmm. all right so let's dig into uh exactly what so again this is jay gow revenge rum i believe this is kind of like their flagship you know always available kind of aged uh, Got it. blend that they have so the other ones that we're going to be doing are kind of I, I think a little bit more limited off you know yeah, ty- yeah, yeah. type stuff so mm-hmm. we wanted to start with this one because i think it's okay. kind of more the the typical profile for them it's when you thought it was safe to go back to the orkney <laughs> islands j.gow you know i i, I the think revenge <laughs> sorry we're gonna, get, we're gonna get the full trailer here um i think this category around the, these lower proof aged drums I think it's going to be kind of a similar goal in some cases as the unaged ones. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I do think we'll see a little bit more character come through with these because you do have the cask elements coming in there. But I also do think oftentimes newer producers with these that are not the limited releases and stuff, I think they're often going for something that is going to be a little bit more approachable. You know, it's at that lower proof, something that could be used in cocktails, but also sip neat. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not expecting them to let their hair down necessarily with, with all mm-hmm. these rums, but we'll see mm-hmm. if we get some interesting surprises. On the nose, this this falls back on the, you know, like, okay, this is about what I would expect. It's, it's sort of fine, doesn't do anything wrong, but also doesn't really get me going anywhere. I, I think... Um, that was my initial assessment you know mm-hmm. just some of the kind of classic hallmarks of ex-bourbon and virgin oak aging mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know you're getting some of the vanilla you're getting brown sugar you know th- those kind of sweeter confectionery notes you know baking yeah. notes and things like that a little bit of spice coming back to it more another thing that i get from it is i won't go as far as saying overripe banana but almost kind of like a like a banana bread sort of comes in a little bit yeasty element and the bready element there maybe it's more bready than yeasty it it Um, took me a little bit to for the fruit to kind of make itself known but i'm I'm picking it up and again i'm just talking the nose so far i'm not really getting the the fruit on it though maybe a slight hint in the background i'm I'm like if i close my eyes and picture only bananas and say the word banana repeatedly. I can get a hint of it. No, I, I, I do. I do. I do get it naturally. Like, to me, it's a little bit of that banana bread. I, I'm not. It's not as far as like Worthy Park banana bread. I'm not going that far. But it's a, yeah. a little hint of banana in there. All right, I'm going in. Again, my takeaway here is like a, a well-made, approximately three-year-old ex-bourbon type of classic rum. I don't know if I, I'd be interested to know what the blend is between ex-bourbon and virgin oak, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you have those younger 
virgin oak uh, rums and it's like oh wow they definitely used virgin oak in this you know it kind of smacks you over the head i don't get that with this no i do feel like it's balanced between the casks of what they were going for very approachable well i I pick up a lot of what the nose promised um kind of a graham cracker vibe there's nothing objectionable in there there's also nothing super exciting you know Mm -hmm. but again it is a it's a solid it's a it's a three-year-old rum you know yep and a three-year-old rum at 43 percent abv you know it's it's tough to really blow people's socks off with that but i think what they've achieved here is something that is solid tasty you know not a long finish not super complex but you could you could use this in different cocktail contexts you can you can sip it like this um and it's 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 competitive with you know uh, some of the not all because there there were some that i would say have have more kind of character but you know some of those 80 proof rums that we talked about it delivers as much of a sipping experience as some of those do but yeah it's 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 a solid young aged rum to me i could see this being very popular just because of what it is and you know it's got a little bump over the 40 percent of uh, other rums that might be nearby it on the shelf so it brings a little bit more with it it's well done um it it's it doesn't taste like an old brigand right rum no. that from barbados but it reminds me of a vein of that type of a thing and i i don't know if that point is coming across well enough but like an underrated kind of just solid rum yeah that uh, people can enjoy yeah there's there's no like funk or anything no. like that uh, it's it's just kind of straight down it knows the what it is yep yeah exactly um and like you said this is the kind of thing where i could picture them bringing people into the distillery who aren't familiar with rum and they taste this, and they're like, "Oh wow, you know, rum can can taste yes, like this. Exactly. Uh, I, I like right. this. I could see right. it appealing to whiskey drinkers because um, you know it is cask driven. I would say, yeah, it's just a it's a solid little rum. I, I think solid is the key word here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, are we uh, moving on to its sister product here? We are. So this is the fading light chestnut cask. So this is also forty three percent, also pot still. Um, the difference here, as the name suggests, it was aged in a chestnut cask. I, I think it's around or a little bit over 12 months. There's no age statement on this one. Like the other one does have a three-year age statement. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has a longer 14-day fermentation, so a little bit different there as well. And I read a little bit on their site about chestnut cask. Um, they say chestnut is more, it's a more porous wood than oak is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so I think... What they say is that leads to a quicker, more in- interaction between the spirit right, more and the cask. Uh, area. I think they put out there that that enables them to get more out of the cask in a shorter amount of time, basically. Got it. Hmm. Well. Definitely a different nose. It is very different and actually kind of gives me peated vibes right now. Really? Yeah. Peated or, or, or phenolic, something in that range. Yeah, little little tiny bit of Band-Aid. I do. I, I get something that's a little bit that chemically solventy mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. kind of vibe. I, I I didn't get Peter Band-Aid from really? it. Really? Yeah. No. I yeah. I'm getting that. You know, maybe I, I got a little hint of smoke yeah, going in smoke. there, mm-hmm. and it's in that. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're coming from. Definitely. I, um, I was not expecting the nose to be this different. I mean, me be either. It's quite quite different. Yeah. 
Uh, I definitely, like, I, I can't help it, but I'm thinking of chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> I was singing, singing, uh, I was hearing Nat King Cole uh, when yeah. I was, you know, nosing this one. Yuletide carols being, being sung, sung by, by a choir. choir. <laughs> uh, I that's love, I love that's that all song. we should do with that. <laughs> yeah. The, the more I go back to this, the more I see where you're coming from with that. And I wonder if these Scottish distilleries, if they get sick of the peat comparisons or if they welcome them, you know, because I could see it cutting both ways. Right. I, I agree with that. And it's not like they're peating the rum, you know, no, no, no. Like no, they're not doing the same process. So it's kind of funny that we're like, oh, you know, yeah. it, it reminds me of that. Is that yeah. just because we know it's from Scotland or but I, I see where you're coming from. Like, I do pick that up in here. I had a, a heavily peated rum recently, and this isn't exactly that. But there's like you said, smoke. And when I think smoke of like that peated kind of thing comes out there especially with there is a little bit of that rubbery band-aid it's not strong it's not at all it's just in the background somewhere but it's there so interestingly i just had one sip i want to go back for another i'm not sure i like it it's it's certainly different and it gives me uh, you know i'll tell you if what they're trying to do is give like this like christmasy thing like because that's what i think of when i think of chestnuts Mm. um that maybe lands because I'm getting a little bit of almost like a spiced rum type of thing, but not sweet. It's not su- yeah, it's not sweet. sweet. It's it's actually yeah. pretty dry. It is dry, um, but there's still like some spice something going on in there, and then a little bit of that smoky. There is thing. like, and my brain wants to say it has some nuttiness, and I do pick up. Sure. I pick up kind of like a lighter version of some of those smoky peaty characteristics that you were pointing out on the nose I, like i get them a little bit but it feels yeah. light-handed to me on the palate um this might be the first one i'm just not feeling it i don't know that i like this which is a nice way of saying i don't like it i go the other way actually yeah. um wow i'm intrigued by what's here and i would like to see it staying in the cask a little bit longer mm-hmm. because to me you think that could yeah. destroy it. No, no, I don't think so. To me, this still tastes very much like something that was not in a cask very long. You know, I know it's more porous, you know, takes on the oak more you know, quickly. But to me, it still overall has a light touch. Like, I pick up more characteristics from this. Like, I taste the... And this is funny because I haven't had the unaged J. Gao rum. But I right. feel like I taste the unaged J. Gao rum in this. Um and I'm starting to get some interesting stuff from the cask. And I'd like to see it lean into that even more. Because it's kind of like putting a couple toes in it right now. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you don't like what it's sticking those toes in. And I'm not like saying, oh, hell yeah. You know, this is the one. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying it's different. Um, and I think in a good way. And like, I want to know more. Uh, you know, it's like, a, you know, sometimes you, you, you start a TV series and it's like, mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of intriguing. Like the the first couple episodes, they haven't completely grabbed me yet. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, some of the performances are kind of interesting. I kind of want to see where this goes. You know, right. like that's that's how I feel about it. So yeah, I think we're. Okay. It, it sounds like we're at odds. I'm not. I'm not winning you over. The the only thing I will give it is as I've sat there with it and listened to you kind of talk about uh, some of it, I've let it kind of sit on my palate for a while, and it's less offensive. 
And what I mean by that is like, okay, maybe I just need some time to acclimate to it. Like sometimes something is so different or just not where you think it would be that your brain needs time to kind of wrap around it. And so maybe coming back to this in a few days, kind of like with agricole with me initially, you know, initially mm. agricole does that to a lot of people where they're like, what? And then later they're like, yeah, let me try that again. And then they're like, it's my favorite thing ever. That could be, and I'm not saying to that extent, but it could be something like that here. That said, I'm still just, mm, I don't know. I wouldn't know that I would take the risk on it. I would try it. Uh, I would take a sample if you bought it. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get more nuttiness on the finish as it evolves a little bit. I do feel like this one has more of a finish than the yes. Revenge. Yes, it does. Um, I think you're right. It's a little bit astringent as well, mm-hmm. um, which I don't love as much, and which I'm wondering if some of that would subside with a little more time. Hopefully. I, I don't get anything from it where I'm like, ooh, don't like that note, you know? Hmm. And it seems like you're, you're more in that territory. Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've got at least one more jay gao to try later on mm. uh, we've got dude we've got three more jay gals we're, we're gonna be spending crap. some time with jay gao so we're gonna see what else going on there we've got some two unaged higher proof rums and an aged higher proof one as well so the that should be fun but All for right. now we're gonna close this out with our last two aged lower proof you want to talk us through this ninefold yeah so this one is the ninefold uh cask aged so this is the pot still 45% aged at least one and a half years in American oak, possibly maybe a little bit more, but at least one and a half years in American oak. Uh, so <laughs> why'd you not, emphasize that so much? Well, so it's not ex-bourbon. Is that what we're saying here? Uh, I don't take that. I, I would assume it probably is ex-bourbon. I, I see that with Caribbean distilleries sometimes too. They just say American oak, but at the end of the day, you know, it's you know, it's 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 an ex-bourbon cask. That, not universally. This could be, it might be new American oak. But you would yeah. think they would probably say that. Um, yeah, you you would you'd be surprised. Um, I, I've seen it with craft distillers in the U- U.S. too. Sometimes they just say American oak. It just means right. ex-bourbon, or sometimes it means new. Well, if you look at their site, they do mention virgin American oak, ex-bourbon, scotch whiskey. Yep. So maybe we can pick it up in here as we're smelling and tasting it. But um, it, it, it might just be a blend yeah. of of virgin American oak and ex-bourbon. Um, Could be. You know, because that way this is just like a simplified way of describing both of them at the same time. Just saying American oak. And I think this is kind of the more flagship more readily available aged rum that they put out. So it might make sense to, you know, use multiple cast types for yeah. that. But yeah. Woo doggy. Very big butterscotch is Hell what I'm getting. Yeah. On, on oh, this I nose. love this nose. Honey, butterscotch, caramel. Oh, that's beautiful. It's a, it's a sweet nose. It's a sweet nose and it's a really atypical. Like I don't find too many noses this sweet and like, I feel like not a trace of any alcohol here. Um, wow, that is really, really nice. I'm. This is maybe my favorite nose of the night now. Wow. I wouldn't go that far. For me, it's a little bit more... Um, oh, yeah, familiar. I know this is kind of how I how I react to it. But kind of cranked up for a 45% rum. Yeah, it is. It, like the... the um, the intensity, like I wouldn't describe it as an intense nose, but it's kind of yeah. like the, the flavors are really cranked up. And, and not at all artificial. 
you know, sometimes you get this vanilla slash kind of butterscotch notes, but they, they t- I don't know how to say it, but they taste artificial. Like it, it, yeah. it almost I do is like get, an extract. This doesn't I, give me an extract feel. I get a little bit of Werther's candy Werther's vibes, is a great you know? one. Yes. You're, you're 100% on point with that. A little bit of cinnamon and those yeah. kind of baking spice notes. All right, I'm going to dive Excellent. I actually think that's pretty damn impressive. It is pretty damn impressive. That's really good. It's, it's good. The, the, well, uh, let me start with the, the minor negative, which is mouthfeel-wise, it's pretty thin. However, this is a one-and-a-half-year-aged rum, right? But for a pot still, it's, it's, it's on the thinner side. Like, I would have guessed column still, maybe, um, just on a blind kind of test. Um, that said, the the flavors that are coming out of this thing are are really really classically good, but like on the on the better side of classic, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I think for one and a half years, this is really good. Yes, and it is. I think the youthfulness shows itself a little bit on the finish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not in a way that's overly negative to me. It reminds me. I'm not saying the flavor profile is exactly the same but I feel like it's comparable to some of the, not all because their profile shifts around a little bit, but some of the younger privateers that I've had, mm. it okay. would fit in with those is how I feel. Yeah. I, I could kind of see that, but I, I think the impressive thing for me right now is I, I don't find too many rums that at 45% or under drink below their proof. If that makes sense. It's hard to do that in a way, like because you already feel like they're you know fairly yeah. watered down or diluted as it is. Um, but no, this one drinks somehow below its forty five percent. I would have guessed it's a forty percent rum, but I don't mean that in a bad way this time. I actually mean it in a like a wow. The flavor that's coming from this thing is pretty darn good, considering it's it it really doesn't give me any kind of. I'm trying really hard to jump all around the world and not use the word smooth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's kind of... You can have you can have one smooth per episode. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, well I'll once... say per, uh, once every three episodes. Exactly. I was going to say once every year even. <laughs> we'll negotiate. Use it. Yeah. This one is so far smooth, but in uh, a way that I don't often try to use that word. So, so I'll agree and disagree with you okay. on the proof. Which makes you um, weird, but... So here's what I mean by that. To me, in terms of intensity of flavor, it yes. drinks beyond a 45% yes. rum. In terms of pre- like presence of alcohol, it drinks like a 45% rum to me. Like I don't feel like, oh, I like I, I get, you know, no alcohol, like nothing like that. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I get a little bit, which it, it, again, it's like it meets my expectations for a 45% rum. Like you said, slightly... I, I don't think I described it quite as thin as you did. I feel like it's like a medium light mouthfeel body kind of. But again, this is for one and a half year olds, you know, flagship aged product that you want to get out there, that you want to be versatile. Yeah. It's um, I'm I'm impressed. I, I like what they've done here. Um, and I know we have one more ninefold. We're doing a cask strength three year old. So that'll be interesting to compare to this when we get to that. I really like this one. I think this is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I like it even more now. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. All right. So we're going to close out our aged lower proof category with Matuga. 
Matuga Golden Rum. This also, surprise, comes from Scotland. I believe that the distillery is located a little bit outside Edinburgh. It started in 2015. So this is actually the oldest established distillery that, that we're doing in this little lineup. And in some interesting background, the molasses for this rum is sourced from Africa. Um, and actually, the owners of this, the distillery, they are developing a sugarcane farm uh, on their family land, which is in Matuga, Uganda, which is the, where the name Matuga comes from. It's a, a town in Uganda. And, you know, they're planning to, with, with the goal of not being able, I, I don't think their sites are pointed at cane juice, uh, because I do. Th- it seems like they're set on distilling in Scotland, but they want to use that cane to convert into molasses for their rum. So it would kind of be their own estate molasses, which is pretty interesting. But what we have here, so they are, they are currently sourcing uh, molasses from, from somewhere in Africa. I don't believe they're sourcing it from their own farm yet. Um, Seven-day fermentation. This is all ex-bourbon aging. There's no age statement, and I couldn't really find exactly how old this is. It's quite dark, though. By far... It is the darkest of any yeah. of the rums, almost kind of like a cola, not not quite dark as as cola, but yeah, a, a very dark dark brown, or like a like a a really well steeped tea type sure. of color. Yeah, 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 something in that vein, almost like a like a what I think of as sweet tea, which is yeah. going to be anathema to the UK <laughs> listeners in particular. Even some Americans don't like it. So, yeah. um, I'm one of them. <laughs> it's too sweet for me. I loved it when I was a kid, but yeah, it's it's way too sweet. It's it's one of the sweetest things that you can drink, hence the name. So I don't know the the age on this, but it is it's forty two percent pot still, seven day fermentation, expert aging. So, whoa, that's an Dude, aggressive nose. That is a very aggressive nose. Big wow, big flavor. So speaking of tea, I'm getting tea mm. leaves. Yeah, I see that. I get, you know, we talked about with the chestnut cask smoke. I get a lot of smoke with this, actually. Yeah. But it, it's like, uh, so like dried tea leaves is what I'm getting. Yeah, like I that little that. bit of, yeah. And a little bit of honey in the background, almost like it's mixed with, with honey. Mm-hmm. Wow. Quite, quite different. Yeah. Very different from any of the other ones we've had. Super cool. I, I I don't know if you like as much as I do, but I love when I'm able to put my nose in a glass and be like, "Holy crap, this is something completely new to me." Yeah, the the that that smokiness that I'm getting is a little mm-hmm. bit overwhelming to me. But you know, I want to reserve judgment for uh, or just mm. you know, I want to want to wait and see on the palate. Brian, yeah, it's almost kind of like, it's almost kind of like honey tea with lemon and smoke yes. to me. Is kind of what lemon. I get. There's like a little bit of lemon on the lemon, nose. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like um but like lemon like um Lipton. Lipton lemon iced tea. So that's an interesting difference to me between the palate and the nose. Um on that I'm getting this uh yeasty bready kind of quality that comes in and a little bit less of the tea. I still get some of the sweetness. I don't think I'm picking up that lemon. This tastes like somebody distilled Lipton iced tea, lemon iced tea to me. It's, yeah, I do. I do get it. I do get some of it. It's very odd. Wow, I'm I'm kind of shocked. Like this is you, something you look so you look, different. You look flummoxed. Flummoxed is is an excellent word, and I will claim being flummoxed at the moment. Um, to me, so far, this is the Lafroig of <laughs> UK rum. So, do you feel that that smoky vibe, or are you just using that as a comparison, just in terms of like 
the reaction you get to it. So I think it's a little of both, more of the latter, but yes, some of the former, because there is a tiny bit of smokiness in there. Like I said, it's kind of like that burnt tree leaves or tea leaves or Uh something. I'm not convinced I like it, but it is certainly waking you up and like, you know, trying to challenge uh, your palate with these things that you're not familiar with. Yeah. It's an aggressive dram. Ooh. A lot of flavor for 42%. Agreed um, there. I think there's that that intensity of... I Like, I still get that smokiness on the palate. Um, and I get that bready, yeasty quality. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think those things I'd like to see a little less of. And a little bit more of the tea and lemon kind of vibe I was picking up on the nose. Which it seems like you really picked that up a lot on the palate. Like, I get it some, but those other things stand out so much to me that they kind of dominate it. I don't know. I, I, I still feel a lot of the tea vibe for me. Um, I don't know why my brain is so stuck on that, but uh, I'm definitely getting that going in. And it feels somewhat uniform. Like, I, I don't feel like the palate was so ridiculously different than the nose here that it surprised me in that way. It's just just so different all together that it's flummoxing (laughs) a little little bit astringent as well on this one this is the one i've struggled with the most so far yeah i would say the same if you're into like it's the type of type of rum i'd have to come back to a time or two to like fully make make up my mind about it right right And, and and for a person if you're into like trying to find something that is just very different than anything you've ever had before most of you then this would be the one you should try super let's get a little like a little bit of white pepper or something on the finish too mm-hmm. yeah yep all right um do we want to talk do we want to talk standouts from our age lower proof category yeah let's do it i mean it feels pretty clear that the ninefold cascaged for both of us yep. seemed like the big standout Especially going in the second time, uh, it was yeah. It's really well done, and you know I have to say I, I was looking forward to the Ninefold Distillery because we had talked to Kit a few years back, and I'd been kind of trying to source it ever since. So I was really excited about it, yeah. and the un- unaged white rum that they had was kind of just fine, but mm-hmm. this one stands out to me. Whatever the they're doing with this the aging program, really, really is phenomenal uh, with the flavors that they're getting out of it. So really good. I, I would pick that one as well as my standout. Yeah, and then for me, it's challenging with the rest of them because, yeah. well, first of all, we disagreed a lot on the J. Gao Fading Light Chestnut Cask. The J. Gao Revenge, I feel like, is a solid, well, you know, well-made, young, aged rum that I wouldn't really say is exciting, but I'd be perfectly content with, you know? So that one comes to mind. Like, but the the chestnut one to me is intriguing. That's the one I want to know a little bit more about. Mm-hmm. And like maybe it doesn't develop into something that is actually, you know, really good. Maybe it's just kind of a weird little experiment. But mm-hmm. I feel like it could, there's potential there, and I want to see more of that. So I'll I'll go back to that one because that's the one that my mind's gonna linger on. And then Matuga, I just yeah, I don't know. It's it's thrown me for a loop a little bit. I need to I yeah. need to go back and, and it's time. Think think this one through. But it's given me something to think about, I'll say that much. I really wonder how the Matuga would do in some cocktails. Like I've I have no kind of clue what that would be like in standard like a daiquiri or something, you know? So that intrigues me to see like how would that even 
go if it if at all but it's hard for me to want to gravitate towards it right now i'm with you i need time with that so the chestnut one i no i i i don't know i I wouldn't be opposed to uh trying that one again as well but so far it hasn't agreed with me like you said but that Mm -hmm. leaves me with the only one that was kind of the safe pick of the the first jay gal there which what i would say is i will pick that as my runner-up in this flight and would specifically be okay with recommending that to people who are early on in their yeah. journey. Yeah. And because you're going to enjoy it and you're going to get a lot of utility out of that. Um, but if you're really far in your rum journey, you're probably going to see that one is too safe. So which is interesting because I think the ninefold, the ca- ninefold cascaged, I would feel comfortable recommending to either group. Oh yes. For sure. Because I, think, why it I think newbies yeah. would really enjoy it mm-hmm. or people mm-hmm. who, you know, are completely unfamiliar with rum. But I also think people who are into rum would enjoy it as well. Yeah. Um, not everyone, because some people uh, like some rum drinkers, like what they love is is funk or, you know, cane juice and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like that's what you're seeking and that's it. You also might find that ninefold rum boring. But, you know, some people find Foursquare boring as well. So, yeah, um, I'm not saying it's Foursquare. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's in that kind of vein of cask driven, approachable. But I think what they've done there for a year and a half is is really nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's close this segment out and we're going to come back with the high proof, the unaged high proof and the aged high proof. We've got six more rums, four of the unaged high proof and two in the aged high proof category so that'll be fun i'm looking forward a, to it john it's a uk marathon what it's it feels a uk like. marathon yes british invasion <laughs> wait we have to keep our theme going of like which one was what like uk uh, act we should have uh, made a list earlier that would have that would made sense is ninefold cascade kind of like early beetles like it yeah. appeals it appeals to everyone but also like it's it's like even if you're into music or whatever it's just good you know i think you're right it, <laughs> it, it loves you yeah 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 um yeah i think that's a good call actually uh and then it's like yeah, ed sullivan got... show ed sullivan show beetles <laughs> yep i'm with you uh and you know they, we've got to give matuga something like i don't know motorhead or something um <laughs> that's good yeah i like that i like that what, what's what's jago chestnut cask for you uh probably like maybe the sex pistols or something oh okay um, well that explains it because uh, you know i i like the, the the british punk scene and you know it's yeah, not, not your so thing much as much so it, there no. you go yeah there you go perfect how, how do you feel about the clash no. <laughs> okay. See, I love the clash. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> that's all you. Okay. So for our third flight of the day here, this one I've been looking forward to more because, you know, for us, I guess we're, we like a little bit of a higher proof. We're, we're, we're in that one or 2% of rum lovers, maybe that, you know, we, we, we don't mind the kick. And for all the reasons we've talked about, you get more of the distillate uh, in there. So I am looking forward to this unaged, high-proof flight. And, and a, an interesting selection. All stuff we've seen before, right? No, actually, there's one in here that, that's a new distillery. So we'll get to that when we get to it. But, Will, we're going we're gonna to start with some J.Gows here, right? Yeah, yeah. J dot bringing the the J the J gals uh, to kick things off. We're actually, I think we're doing more J Gow rums than any other single distillery. Yeah, we get a number of samples of their stuff. So we're going to start off with two unaged higher proof pairings. 
And the first one is Jagao Culverin. I'm not sure if that's the exact correct pronunciation, but this is their TC mark. I think we pointed out earlier that they distill multiple marks. This one was bottled at 50% ABV. So on the lower end of these unaged higher proof, all the other ones are actually, Mm -hmm. I would say, significantly higher than this one in proof. This one, they use both the pot and column component of their still, and it's a five-day fermentation, which I think is a little bit shorter than the other Jagao releases that, that we tasted earlier, and like those and all their stuff fermented from molasses. So... Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what we get with this and just see how meaningfully different it is from the other Jagao. Actually, I, I'm just realizing, realizing this is the first unaged, unaged. Jagao rum that we've yeah, had. Yeah, I was just we, about to say the same. Yeah, We did two aged rums. See, we're doing these on different days. So <laughs> I'm having to re- refresh my memory. It's not you that we've had... You the illusion, Will. Well, no, I was the, trying I, to set it up. That's actually a good thing for people to know, though, okay, because I, yeah. here's here's the thing. If, if, if you're trying, you know, all... How many is this? All 16 rums in one flight, <laughs> you know, I'd kind of start to discount people's takeaways after the 10th rum or so. So That's a pretty good point. Yeah. yeah. Even though they were all the lower proof ones before, but still, true. That, that's not bad. And uh, I definitely know that when you're, we've talked about like when you're having rum flights or at a rum event, how at some point you're just kind of done the and fatigue enjoying is the real. Rum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're necessarily done enjoying it, but you certainly might be done well, uh, being able to no, express that's things yeah. coherently about it. Right. <laughs> right. I was saying you're done with the critical aspect yeah. and just gone to enjoying it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're going to nose this Culverin. Yes. So I will say mine have, has been sitting in the glass for, I don't know, five to ten minutes now. I don't know. Yeah, if actually, I, I, probably, I probably poured mine like half an hour or so before we started. So okay. I've had some okay. time to, you know, open up a little bit. I, I still don't know how much of a difference that makes. I, I think it does over time, and I think it might vary maybe from rum to rum, and whether it's, you know, high proof or an aged or aged or whatever, but... The reason I mention that is because I'm a little underwhelmed by this nose. I, it's it's fine, but it feels a little weaker than I expected it to. I know this is only 50% ABV, but it doesn't feel that much different than the noses I was remembering from our previous other day flights. I would go the other way with this. To me, really? the, and and yeah, and we didn't like like I said, we didn't do any Jagao unaged, but all the unaged stuff that we did, we kind of in the previous flight, we kind of characterized mm-hmm. as being that lower proof. A lot of them probably going for something that's a little more broadly approachable. Some of them, I think, we ended up kind of characterizing as these are you know versatile, everyday, nothing crazy going on kind of rums. And this to me feels distinct from that category of rums. I'm getting like some some nice kind of berries and like really? butter. Uh, yeah. Did you um, pour the right one? I did. Yeah. No, I did this correct. I've got the little sample bottle placed right I, behind it on my. We're uh, really far apart in this one because this <laughs> one to me feels like ethanol, and that's really hmm. much of what I'm getting. N- nothing super interesting. Yeah, I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> that that said, I I, I don't want to come off as saying oh my god mind-blowing huge bombastic flavor i'm not going that far but i'm i'm getting you know some interesting notes like i was saying some kind of berries little fruitiness butteriness butteriness i'll give you i I, there's like a slight hint of butteriness there but frankly that's all i'm getting that and alcohol 
palette for me is a little bit better, but I'm getting earthy tones. I feel the difference in the proof from last flights. Oh yeah, big time. But I'm I'm not I'm not overly like excited about it. It's it's again this is sitting sort of fine for me. So I'm after tasting it, I am more on your side of the fence. I ah. think the the fruit notes that I was getting on the nose don't really come through that clearly on the palate for me. I do get that kind of buttery and I do get some you know, kind of marshmallow sweetness that like, like a lot of those notes that I was describing for the white rums in the previous flight that are kind of checking that first box of Hmm. no flaws, clean flavors. I could see this working in a lot of different things. I do think, you know, this one's 50% and it is the first one we're trying, but even with that, I feel like in a vacuum, when I taste a rum, I, I can still generally react to whether this, tastes at the proof point or beyond it or lower than and this actually drinks a little bit hotter to me than i would expect for a 100 proof rum yeah i think so and that's not necessarily always a bad thing but in this case it's 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 again i wouldn't say this is bad either to kind of counterpoint you it's not that i think it's bad it's just sort of middling in in what it is right now for this one i was i was kind of hoping and expecting for more yeah i'd agree with you there i think that's fair uh, it's solid. It would work in a lot of different drinks, but it doesn't really venture into the territory of something that like works for me beyond a cocktail context. That's not to say it's Correct. bad to drink outside of a cocktail. It's perfectly fine. There's just not a whole lot to grab onto, you know, that keeps you coming back for a neat drinking experience. And it does drink a little bit hot. So, yeah, that's what hmm. I would say for that one. All right. We ready to move on to Jay Gow number two? All right, so our second one, this is from the Jay Gao Wild Yeast series. This is Wild Yeast series number two, which features a Kvike yeast strain. I think I'm saying that right. I believe that is a Norwegian yeast. I, I feel like it's kind of popular in, in beer, maybe. I may be completely mm. talking out of turn there, but I feel like I've heard that. This was released in 2022. It is 62% ABV, so okay. getting up there. Uh, we have yeah. one We have one rum in this flight that is slightly higher than this one, so this is the second highest, but it's a double batch. I guess one batch was fermented for seven days and one was fermented with for nine days with what they describe as a triple blend of Kvike, which is a Norwegian farmhouse yeast is how it's described. And actually an interesting note here from their website, half the batch they released unaged, which is what we're drinking now, and the other half they put into sherry casks. So kind of, it'll be kind of interesting to taste this and imagine kind of what that sherry cask future might look like for it. But like this one, getting into the wild yeast, the Kvike, I, I'm expecting something that's going to be markedly different from the right. one we just had. So that's my expectation. I haven't nosed it really yet or tasted it but what, what are yeah. you expecting from this one no I, I think you're exactly on point i think the only way this really fails is if it's absolutely the same thing as we just tried so that's that's where it, it, i don't always have to agree with it but you know you got to take a risk and let's see um where this one goes yep all right let's uh let's jump into this one so i'm getting significantly different for sure i don't know if you uh, are d- different maybe uh, it's certainly not giving me the same thing, but I'm still getting a lot of ethanol. 
And I know this is 62%, so yeah, I get it. But I've also had 62% rums that have a wonderful nose, even unaged. Hmm. And I'm still getting a ton of ethanol on this one. I'm getting a lot of herbs. Herbs I do get. Mint and... um, but I'm fighting through the, the, the alcohol to get there, which is just weird to me. I wouldn't say I'm fighting it. I mean, there's some there, but the herbal character is kind of the standout element to it to me. It's subtle. Wow. That palette is not what I was expecting. And honestly, Same. if I had had this blind, I might have thought that I was tasting a white whiskey of some sort. Correct. Does that make any sense at all to you? Yeah, like, like they call it white dog, right? Or yeah, this. Um, I'm sure they're very. I don't know if they call it that in Scotland, but I know well, I white dog is it. a is <laughs> is a popular term in in bourbon country in for bourbon. sure. Right, right. That's what I'm getting here is a yeah, like a closer, much closer to an unaged whiskey. Or I don't ever think I've had an unaged scotch. I don't. I guess it doesn't technically become scotch until it's aged. But this would would be what I would kind of imagine. Yeah. That would be. I, and I didn't want to go in that direction just because I feel like it's so tempting with these it UK is, rums to compare them to scotch. But it gives me a scotchy vibe. And, yeah. you know, in my defense, though, it's not like I never get scotch notes from rum. I've gotten them from some Port Morants. I've gotten them from that pot still four square. So I've gotten that from rums in the Caribbean before. This is like a different flavor of that, though, because it is. And when I say white whiskey, I don't necessarily mean that in a negative context, even though I think white whiskey generally has a negative reputation. Like, that's why they age it. I mean, I know some some distilleries do sell it, but it's pretty interesting to be honest. And like this one is 62 percent. It drinks perfectly fine at that proof to me. Right. I, I think it it drinks better at 62% than the previous one did at 50%. I would agree with that also. Yeah, it, it's not that it's bad. It's just not what you're expecting going in as a, as a rum person. It's, what did we say, interesting? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm just... But I, I mean that... I, I feel like you mean that in a you're trying not to say something bad about it way. But I mean that in a like, I'm actually interested in this way. I don't think this is bad. There's something here that keeps me coming back to it. And, like, I'm genuinely excited to see what this would be like aged, whether it's in a sherry cask or not. I I haven't had a a rum like this before. And sometimes you say that and it's because the rum sucks. And I don't I don't mean that for this. I I'm genuinely like really interested in this. I'm less so that than you are, although I would be, you know, literally interested to see where it went. What would an unaged Caroni be like? <laughs> I don't know. I've never had that. I don't know that I've talked to anyone who has, actually. But I don't I don't get like that grunginess from this. I, I do get some smokiness. Yeah. It does like a, nat- like a natural fire? like a natural smokiness. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's pleasant for me. It's in that zone where it's getting into, again, I wouldn't compare it to, and I've never had an NH Caroni, but like that kind of a zone of like atypical Mm. in that way. And I'm just, I'm not sure I'm loving that. And, And as everybody knows who listens to this podcast, I really don't like Caroni either. So it's just too, too, a little too off base for me. But I can see how there would be a lot of interest in it from people because it's so different and and quite unique. It's like I kind of I get the smokiness. I get kind of like 
like a grains feeling. Like I feel like that's where the the whiskey element yeah, comes in for me. Absolutely. And and then some of that those herbal qualities come in at the end. Yeah. If you had told me like, well, they had ran a scotch through the still the day prior, yeah. like, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. I really, I'm, I'm like, the more I have this, the more I'm like, I like this. Ah, uh, you're weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think wild yeast as a name, though, it does make sense. Like, I know that's not what they're, you know, it's a wild yeast, but it, it has that kind of wild vibe to it. It interesting, like... I'm not trying to disagree with everything you say here, but we do seem to be having wildly different, no pun intended, experiences with this. Because for me, when I hear, when I think of wild yeast rums, I think of stuff that has like really funky, weird, savory flavors, like going to some of the places like the Clarins go and things like that. And a lot of times when I've seen craft distillers outside the Caribbean doing wild yeast stuff, I kind of get like... A little nervous because I've had some good ones. I've had some really bad ones that just like, (laughs) it's not that even that they taste weird. It's just like they taste straight up bad. You know, it's like something went wrong here. So my guard goes up a little when I see that. Yeah. But this one to me, it's, it's a a very different and distinct profile, but it doesn't feel weird to me. I guess you could describe it as weird in the sense that like, I get those whiskey characteristics that were unexpected, but the actual flavors themselves, if I'm judging them in a vacuum, experiencing mm-hmm. them in a distilled spirit, they don't strike me as weird that way. So they're, it's not like I'm like, oh my God, like what is it? This? this is so strange. It's more just like, oh, this wasn't what I was expecting, and it's hmm. different and distinctive and kind of delightful the more I have it. Hmm. No, it's, it's definitely more strange to me than it yeah. is to you. But I'm not um, trying to invalidate your experience. I'm just trying to, you yeah. know, get get out there to all the listeners how different we're experiencing this right now. Yeah. And I, I kind of like I know we we disagreed on the fading light chestnut cask from Jay Gal a lot as well. So it must yeah. it must just be something about the J dot. Yeah. I, I I mean, again, going back to all the things we've already said, it's not that I think it's poorly made. It yeah. is it is all pretty high quality product and is doing what it needs to do. It's just for me as a as a personal drinker, a personal drinker, that sounded weird. <laughs> <laughs> for me personally, in my own opinion is what I'm trying to say. It's it's not agreeing with me as much. You're saying it's for someone else. Yep. Yeah. Correct. See it. Yep. This is how much I have left. I like I haven't finished most of the samples I poured myself yeah. during this thing, and I'm finishing this one. It's very intriguing to me. All right, what's up next? What do we got on on the lineup here? Yeah, why don't, why don't you tell us? Oh, great, thanks. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll, I will do my I best. I put a here. pronunciation guide in there straight from <laughs> ChatGPT. Uh, this is Isla Rums. Unyavor is the best I can do here. But it's spelled U-I-N-E space M-H-O-R, two words. So try that three times. And it's a 55% ABV here, so right about in the middle of the, the other two that we just tried. Long fermentation. They say ranging from four to six weeks, which is by far, in a way, the longest we've, we've done yeah. so far. They're using what they call mature dunder, native bacteria, two different commercial yeast strains, and this is a pot still rum. So interesting, interesting elements here. That, that long fermentation, though, that's, hmm, I don't know what to expect. 
And and full disclosure, this is one that I sampled a couple times before this tasting. So this is like maybe my third or fourth time tasting this. Okay. One. Okay. Yeah. All right. First first in for me. I immediately like this better. <laughs> so distinctive nose. You will. Yes. Now now you're getting a bunch of you know the fruits and interesting things on the nose. It's still I can still smell the proof here, but. Not in a bad way. Yeah, this one for me, I forget which rum I mentioned in our previous flight that like when we nosed it, I immediately was like, that is a heavy pot still rum. Right. But that's what I get from this rum too. And maybe it was one of the other Islas. No, I think you nailed it. This is like the classic heavy pot still rum type of nose that you would expect. But it's, it's really intriguing to me because it's another one where it's that balance of sweet fruity savory like all those elements are in it to me i think you're right i get both of those also and there's also some floral notes in it as well that kind of come through it's it's a really interesting nose when when i went into this the first time this one really kind of stood out to me yeah and i just took my first sip and i will say that it follows very well from the nose onto the palate it's what I expected from the nose is exactly what's in there. It's tasty, definitely floral. I, I definitely get the, the floral bouquet. I'm going to go back in and see if I can get anything more distinct. And then that nice kind of balance of sweetness on there. Really good. Yeah, this one I think drinks perfectly for the proof point. Yeah. I think it drinks lower than its proof. It's a heavy, more oily kind of feel in the mouth. Again, that pot's still coming through. Mm-hmm. And I get a little bit kind of like pineapple and sort of like green, mossy, kind of like it's earthy in there. I get a little bit of Very sort earthy. of, I feel like I've used the words the word grunge a lot on this podcast, but I get a little bit of that kind of grunge, like gravelly, earthy kind of feel to it in there as well. A, there's There's a bit of kind of Sharpie vibe going in. And I actually, I shared this with another big time rum nerd who, who was passing through recently. And that person was completely overwhelmed by the Sharpie character, which was surprising to me because I really enjoy this. And like, I, I get where that's coming from, but it doesn't, it's not really overwhelming to me. It's just kind of a component, I would say. Hmm. I do think it's pretty dominant there. I like I think that that Sharpie vibe is hard to ignore is what I would say. I don't know that I would go as far to say I would be overwhelmed by it, like the person said. I'd still find some other stuff in there. I do get kind of some complex fruity and sweetie type of things. I'm I can't get any more specific just yet. It's it's a pretty complicated rum. It is. You know what this reminds me of? Not necessarily in terms of like, oh, it tastes exactly like that. Mm-hmm. But this kind of feels like a cousin of Roulesan Overproof to me. Mm. I feel similarly about that rum, where it has a lot of savory, fruity, that, that kind of interplay between the two, a little bit of that grunge. Yeah, it was the first thing I thought of when I when I tasted this rum. Yeah, I could and see that. For, for those listeners who aren't familiar, Rulaison is a uh, an American rum distillery in New Orleans that also does pot still, that also does some long fermentation, interesting yeast, 
they make their own kind of their version of muck. So it's a, it's a similar kind of approach. If you hadn't told me that was a dunder native bacteria type of rum beforehand and I tasted it and then you told me after, I would say, yep, that, that tracks. Because that's kind of what I get out of it uh, is that kind of style, I guess you might say. Although that's even throwing a, a blanket around that is all a problematic even as well. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. And then at the same time, it like it's not like it's not like a Jamaican rum. You no, know? it's not. I would agree. Yeah, like I can tell some of the influence being there, but mm-hmm, if I mm-hmm. tried this blind, I don't think I would have been like, oh, Jamaica, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about Relaisant too. So maybe, um, maybe that's where some of the comparison comes in. All right. Well, I'm I'm definitely feeling like this is going in the right direction. There's also something in there that reminds me of like an Asian cuisine. Hmm. I can't put my finger on what it is, but but something that reminds me of like Korean cooking a little bit. I just don't know what the specific note is, but that's kind like of that's that seaweed umami type. Thing. Yeah, maybe yeah, something in that vein. Yeah, seaweed is kind of a good call. All right, hmm. well, we mm-hmm. can't we can't stay on this all night, so. All right, up next. This one I've been looking forward to ever since I knew we put in the order. Yeah. Uh, I know there was some buzz around this, so I'm excited to dive into this finally. So this is the first, or the, the final distillery we'll be introducing. And one of the newest distilleries, rum distilleries in the UK, and also, interestingly, the largest rum distillery, I believe, not only in the UK, but in all of Europe. This comes from Dropworks Distillery, which is located in Nottinghamshire, Nottinghamshire. Of course. Uh, I I never know if it's Shire or Shire um, in England. Never uh, quite sure. Very English sounding name. You know, all of us who grew up watching the animated Disney Robin Hood movie. Yeah, (laughs) Nottingham. That's where where you go immediately. That's where I go anyway. Not in Nottingham. Remember that song? That's right. I really don't. I know I loved that movie when I was a kid and I wore out the VHS, but like I remember next to nothing about it because I don't that think That was I've the seen rooster it. with the guitar. You don't remember the rooster with the no, guitar? God, I don't. Come on. I don't. I don't think I've seen it since I was six or seven years old, probably. Oh, so. It's great. It's great. Yeah, no, I loved it. Anyway. And all the people listening in the UK, if they're, you know, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. They, <laughs> they've had enough of this. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid Americans, of course. That's where we go. Um, so this distillery is an interesting one. As I said, they are more, you know, most of the distilleries we've talked about are relatively small operations with much smaller capacity. They're relatively a large capacity distillery. As I mentioned, refer to themselves as the largest rum distillery in Europe. A quote from a Spirits Business article said that their facility can produce up to 2 million bottles of rum a year and up to 10 barrels Damn. of rum a day. So, like I said, that's a lot. They have multiple stills. They actually have they have a double retort pot still. They have some columns in there. So, a variety of things that they can do. They're that's making a lot of drops. A lot of drops. A lot mm-hmm. of drops getting to work there. They, I think, primarily use molasses, but this is the one distillery in the UK that I've seen that uses something other than molasses, which they refer to as sugarcane honey. And I was really confused when I when I saw this rub because when I saw that descriptor, because the only time I've heard sugarcane honey referred to before has been from some Latin American producers, 
And I always got the sense that it was sort of like a cane syrup, something like that. But then, you know, I watched some of Dropworks videos. Their their founder on, on YouTube, like, has a channel, Lewis Hayes, I believe is his oh, name, cool. and does a lot of, you know, documentation of things they're doing. And he referred to it in one of the videos as being like Panella honey. And Panella, one way that I've seen Panella used before is like a crystallized solid block of raw crystallized sugar. Hmm. Um, but I knew they couldn't be using that because in the UK, you can't use crystallized sugar and call something right. rum. So I looked into it a little more. They have another video where they, they describe it as coming as a liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I contacted them via Facebook. Wow, you were on Facebook? Yeah, it's I know. It takes, takes a lot to get me to <laughs> get on Facebook. So I inquired about it, basically asking, like, is this a cane syrup? Like, is this, do you bring it in as crystallized panella and then, you know, add water Convert and kind of reconstitute yeah. it mm-hmm. as a syrup? And they said, uh, we import panella honey from Colombia. It is, in effect, evaporated cane juice. We add some water and ferment. Um, so... You know, I also did some Googling and there are some results that come up for Pinella sugarcane honey that is like it is a syrup. So what I'm assuming they do is some kind of it comes in syrup form. But yeah, that's that's as as specific as I can get with with what that is. Anyway, hmm. they use a hundred percent of that of what they describe as sugarcane honey to make this rum that we are trying, which is what they call their funk drop rum. So this is not their standard white rum which i believe they call clear drop this is funk okay. drop and to make this one they use 100 percent sugarcane honey they use what they refer to as their wild trinity yeast strain not exactly sure what all goes into that but they describe it as a yeast w- unique to Dropworks, and it's cultivated in-house okay i would expect there's three strains in it but <laughs> i expect three is involved <laughs> yeah. somehow for that yeah it's a seven-day fermentation or they it's use, Could yeah, maybe it's blessed. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they say they also use dunder plus the addition of muck during distillation. So a lot going on here. Clear drop, they use molasses and sugarcane honey. They do like four different der- fermentations. It's a blend of four marks. Like they're using column sills, pot sills. They're doing a lot. Anyway, the, <laughs> the, the point I'm trying to get is this distillery is like doing a lot of shit, basically. And I mean things by shit. I don't mean like bad by shit. I haven't, you know, really gotten into this rum yet. Um, I believe it's pronounced shite. Shite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Funk Drop, from the name and that description, what are you expecting from this run, John? Oh, also 63% ABV. So yeah. kind of that standard white overproof ABV for this one. Right. I mean, I, with all of that stuff that you've said, I would expect something that's going to be big, bold. That's going to give me, obviously, funk. I mean, if it's in the name, you better bring the funk, right? So We want the funk. Exactly. Gotta have it. Gotta have that funk. So that's that's my expectations for this one. Not as funky as I would have first thought. Same. On the nose. Same. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little like, oh, okay, it's there. It's there. But like, you know, little... It's like a, 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 ba- a baby funk, maybe? Baby funk, yeah. Here's the thing. If someone had handed me this rum and I didn't know it was called Funk Drop and I nosed it, I don't know that I would be like, that's a funky rum. Right. 
I do think it's the most approachable nose, actually, so far, which includes the Jay Gows, because I, I felt like I just got m- a lot more ethanol and alcohol from those, and I'm not getting that here, and this is at 63. This is the highest of the flight. That's interesting, because to me, this is the proofiest of what? the ones that we... What? You are so yeah. back, ass backwards today. <laughs> yeah, to me, I this re- is I the... I really the, like it. It's, it's the ahead. most prominent alcohol in the nose, but it's not... That's not to say that it is more alcohol than I would expect for a 63% ABV rum. I mean, it's it's there, but it's it, to me, this is not overwhelming. I still get to yeah, it's not overwhelming. everything else. Whereas with the, the Jigao Wild Yeast, I was having a difficult time trying to pick things out mm. other than the alcohol. Interesting. I didn't get that at all with that. Yeah, this is, this is fantastic so far. All right. Well, it's definitely not the funkiest rum that I've ever tried, right? There's some funk in it, but it's, it, it's, not, it's not dominant to the point where there isn't other really good stuff in here. I'm going to go back in with a sip, but my first initial impression is maybe it should just be drop rum. <laughs> You're saying they should drop the funk. <laughs> drop the funk. I like it. I, I agree. I get, I get some fruitiness. I really like, I get, like I, it. I get some tropical fruit character, but I, mm-hmm. I don't get that, you know, I don't, I don't get something I would describe as funk. And I know well, funk, funk is one of those nebulous, you know, it, it means different things to different people. And I don't think by labeling something funk, that means like by default, you're going for the classic rotten banana, you know, mm-hmm. Jamaican funk. But I expect something that I would describe as funk, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, like to me, the I don't think I used funk to describe the Isla uh mm-hmm. No, you did the, not. The, the Unia Vor that we just tried, which, by the way, that is Gaelic for a long time. I forgot to oh, point okay. that out. So it makes sense with the fermentation time. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like that one to me feels funkier than this one, even though that rum, what I'm describing as funk is extremely different from a Caribbean kind of funk. But I'm just saying it's 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 got kind of more offbeat qualities. This one to me has some pleasant fruitiness, but it's not funky to me. It's it's not really that funky. I get a little bit of it here and there. It kind of shows up once in a while, but not you know not at all dominant. What I will say though, I still think this is maybe the the, the most complex of the four we've tried so far, and brings the most layers of flavor I've had in this flight. Hmm. My impression is quite different from that. And um, longest it, finish, by the way. I would not agree with either of those for my experience personally i think the isla and the jgow wild yeast had longer finishes for me and i would i think those are both more complex as well this one for me i do get that like pot still thick you know mouthfeel oily it feels like a heavier rum but other than kind of the light tropical fruit i don't get a whole lot else like there's kind of some i also get some of those standard clean white rum characteristics especially toward the finish you know that kind of yeah marshmallow candy floss maybe something like that Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. the finish is kind of very clean for me which is why the funk name confuses me a little bit yeah same here i I just think this is well made maybe just not as well named as it should be but remember you know we're also this like tip of the spear type of rum drinker you know 
For sure. Uh, a, a lot of people could come into this for the first time and be like, whoa, funky <laughs> all over the place. So I think we need to keep that in mind. But I do agree with your point there. I, I, I don't get as much funk as I've gotten from many other rums of a similar vein. All right. So are, are you ready to pronounce what you, you were most intrigued by, we'll say? Yeah. I hate to do this, but it's really a tie for me between oh, boy. the J-Gal Wild Yeast, the Kvike, and yeah. the Isla Rum Unyavor, which I hope I'm saying correctly because I've now said it multiple times. Um, yeah. Well, and it's an M, right? M-H-O-R. But yeah, you say it's M-H-O-R. Like, I want to say, I feel like the Unya part is probably close. Makes but like, sense. I'm like, is the other part just more? But I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing that M-H in Gaelic is sometimes pronounced with a, a V sound so that's where i'm coming from with that but yeah 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 um yeah those are the two standouts i would describe those as clear standouts from this flight and i think the culverin and the the jgal culverin and the dropworks funk drop i would put Mm -hmm. about the 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 same area together in terms of i'm getting a little bit more straightforward clean white rum flavors from those yeah that's where i'm at so I'm going to go with the Dropworks, actually. Yes, I, I think the name is a little misleading for a drinker like you or I, but I still think it's the best example that I tasted here in terms of well-integrated, well-made. well, well made. All of these were pretty well-made. Nothing was bad, I would say. But the Dropworks was the one that I would want to go back to again right away All right. And, and could see myself drinking neat. The Isla was also pretty good. I, I like how much either. we're I like how much we're disagreeing with these. It's fun, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. there was more we we had maybe one disagreement in the previous couple of flights. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But this one I well, feel like we we disagreed we on picked, almost everything. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think we picked the favorites or, or our like standouts, whatever we call them, were the same for the most part in the other flights, but yeah. this time not so much. All right. Well, we've got two rums left. We're going to move to our aged high proof. I don't know if you can call it a flight when there's only two rums. <laughs> But we've got another J Gao. It's it's a hop skip and a jump or something. I don't know what would be. It's a long <laughs> drive. We're gonna call yeah. this one a long drive. A long drive, and we have another nine fold rum. So we're gonna start with a lower proof. The J Gao is fifty one point two percent, and the nine fold is sixty two point two percent. So we're gonna work our way up to that. The J Gao. This is their Hidden Depths rum, volume two. And this was actually distilled in 2017. This is by far the oldest rum we are going to be tasting, aged for five years in X. I, I don't know how to pronounce this. Beret, Bear, B-E-R-E, whiskey. I looked this up. I believe that Bear or Beret is a type of barley. And okay. I think there are some single malts that use that. So I'm guessing this is maybe a single malt cask of some type that they age this in. It is cask strength. Which fifty one point two percent a little a little lower than I would expect for a cast strength rum, but I'm I'm intrigued. And an interesting note from the website: obviously this was aged at the Jagao Rum Distillery, but they added in it was aged two meters above sea level and fifty meters from the sea. Hmm. So just an interesting little note. Uh, I know we've talked on previous episodes about proximity to the ocean and how that can potentially affect aging and, and that sort of thing. So just right. an interesting note. I know I know we mentioned earlier that Jay Gao is located on a quite small island out there in the Orkneys. So 
Yeah, it's, it's only natural that it's very close to the sea. I guess so, but also it's weird that they call it a hidden depths and it's two meters above sea level. Like, two <laughs> meters below sea level? That it's seems depths a little of, bit more depths of flavor, you know. Oh, depths oh. Of flavor. but then they're hidden? Okay. Yeah, right. the hidden depths of flavor. I want my depths of flavor right there. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, it's my favorite Jay Gao nose so far. Yeah, I get kind of like plums, berries, kind of fruit character from that, along with kind no, of the, a good sta- call. The, the standard cask notes that you would expect from an aged rum. You know, there's some of the vanilla, some of kind yeah. of the, the spice from the oak. and Yeah, I, I would have expected this could have been finished in, you know, like a sherry or port or something like that. Or Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because it's giving me that type of, of a hidden depth, you might say. <laughs> It's a, it's a pleasant nose. I'm I'm yeah. enjoying it for for it's a five good. year rum. I think it's a really solid nose. It is, tons of vanilla on this one, but not necessarily it's, like a vanilla that I usually associate with like you know an ex bourbon barrel or something. It's a very sweet rum. It is sweet, mm-hmm. and I don't mean unnatural sweetness. I mean a natural sweetness, but on the scale of naturally sweet rums, it's on the yeah. higher side of that. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like a honeyed sweetness for me and i do get a lot of the vanilla that you're describing i don't know if it's just because i know or i suspect that it was aged in an ex scotch barrel but i get scotch vibes again yes from this i was one. just about to say the same thing that there is absolutely something akin to like a space side scotch vibe with this which is not bad i do think you're right it's it's just approaching like almost too sweet but i don't think it's too sweet so drink, i, I, I mean, can drink this and not, you know, feel like, oh, I need to put this away or put it down. It drinks really well for the proof. It does. This is this is pretty good. Yeah, this is my favorite of them so far. It's not super complex, but there is something there. It's got a good finish. I just I am having trouble getting to any kind of notes beyond the the scotch influence. I, I get but, a little bit of those fruits that I mentioned on the nose, but just just a little bit, you know. I mean, it's it's might- really pleasant. I think I think a, a lot of people would like this. Yes, I could see this wide appeal. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, uh, I'm not mad at it. So you want to talk us through our our final of our UK rum episode, rum? The final entry in our UK rum lineup, ninefold. So we've had two other ninefolds, right? So far, the flagship aged and the unaged. Correct. That's correct. Okay. And so this is the Ninefold's three-year-old single pot still, the Whiskey Exchange exclusive. So this one is a a limited release then, I would presume, at 62.2% ABV. So this is up there with the highest we've tried in in today's flights or long drives. And this is ex-bourbon, but it specifically does call out. It's a Woodford Woodford Reserve ex-bourbon. Yep, they know Woodford Uh, Reserve. So if you know the Ryan Ryan Reynolds movie there, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Which one? Uh, Woodford. Woodford. I don't know. Never, what what movie is that movie? from? Oh, I, man, I, it's, I, a, it's I, a gambling movie. I, uh, hate, I mostly hate Ryan Reynolds, to be honest. So It's a gambling movie with Ryan Reynolds and the guy from Star Wars, the bad guy in the new one. I can't remember his name right now. But he's a good actor. They're, they're, I like Ryan Reynolds. What are you talking shit about Ryan Reynolds? I don't like Get him. Get out of here. I've never that. liked him. He, 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 he's good at what he does. Um, so anyways, Woodford, is, is somebody please let us know what movie is that from? So I'm excited for this one. I really enjoyed the, the other nine fold releases. So let's see where this goes. 
And a few more stats I can give from this one. They have a little QR code on the back of the oh, bottle cool. that you can scan and it takes you to the website. This is really like super geeky stuff, but you mentioned the bottling proof is 62.2%. The fill proof is 63.7%. So, you know, proof hmm. fluctuates. So a little bit of drop in proof. Um, just kind of a fun thing. This was filled. Well, not necessarily fun. This was filled May 17th, 2020. So I'm just imagining like height of covid pandemic isolation <laughs> that's when this barrel was filled it's just crazy to think back to that and how we're drinking this now mm. um actually lists the annual average angel share 3.9 percent so quite different from the caribbean as is expected and uh yeah this was released july 14th to 2023 with uh 207 bottles so we were lucky enough to get one of those so i immediately get the bready note yeah, on the nose here that we kind of got from the other one. There's the Werther's is also there. Um, but yeah, I, get, I feel I get like go a ahead. little less though. Yes, I was going to say the same thing, but I feel like it's a little less somehow. There's the yeah. the butterscotch is there, but not like huge like the other one. I feel like I get kind of like a like a milk chocolatey something in there as well. Oh, interesting. I was going to say slight bit of like orange peel or orange. Rind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that too. I can see that too. Almost like those chocolate oranges. Yeah. And I, I would say like on the nose, it noses like a 62% rum. Like there's there's some alcohol there, you know? Yeah, I'm not saying definitely. it like gets in the way. It's it's what I would expect from the rum. Agreed. Yep. Ninefold's hitting all the, the candy stuff. Now we've got yeah. Werther's and a chocolate orange. <laughs> oh my God, I love this. I, I am dispensing with the mystery. I love it. There's really a lot of classic, like, what you might consider ex-bourbon notes here, right? Like, from rums that are aged in ex-bourbon, some of the best ones. Also, I think it's probably worth saying, Woodford is one of my favorite bourbons also, the double-oaked. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I, I do enjoy it. And some of that shines through, but not to the point where I still don't feel like I get a really good rum with some of those ex-bourbon characteristics that it took on. I just... Th this is probably the most quintessential rum flavor type of profile or rum profile i would say for an aged high proof rum privateer comes to mind i think you might have said that last time so something in that vein but i'm really enjoying it it does it does remind me of some privateers um i actually you might slap me for saying this but i I'm think ready. <laughs> he's got the hand pulled back I think I liked the standard ninefold cask aged better than this. Mm. I'd have to go back. So I will give you enough, like, I have to go back and try them together. But this, to me, feels like it's just that on a little bit of steroids. It feels... Uh, so part of what... One of the things I get with this, especially on the palate, you know those, you know the powdered sugar donuts you can get in the grocery store, the little mini ones? Yeah. You know how they also make the chocolate-covered version? Yeah, yeah. You know how that chocolate is sort of like rubbery and artificial? Yes. I, full disclosure, those were like a guilty pleasure for me growing up. I fucking loved those. I used to eat them all the time. <laughs> and like as I was eating those, I was like, I know this doesn't... I know these aren't good, but I love them. But you still enjoy it. You know? Yeah. And that note, that rubbery chocolate coating on those donuts hmm. note i get that i get a big version of that on the palate of this and again to some degree i enjoy that 
it's just it's a li- it's it's very prominent yeah. and i also think this this drinks perfectly fine but i do i wish i could try this being proofed down a little bit because i think the alcohol gets a little bit in the way of it for me hmm and do you think what what is your premise that well they wanted to say cask strength on the label so they kept it at what it is when what do you think you would have enjoyed it at well it's at 62 i don't know i'd be interested in seeing it at like 59 58 something like that right. like so i don't think it needs to come down dramatically right um and i don't you know i don't know if maybe from kit's perspective it was absolutely perfect at this proof i don't know if it was just like a, oh we want to say cast strength kind of thing or maybe he just wanted to save time and pour it right out of the barrel <laughs> maybe so <laughs> and you know on the finish May 17th, right? I, on the finish <laughs> i i can taste a little bit of the rum's youth i get a little bit of that raw wood kind of characteristic i do think this would benefit for more time that yeah. said, it's a new distillery. I appreciate them releasing young rums like this. It's great to get a snapshot of where they're at. So I, th- I think it's, I think it's actually, and this is another one that I tried earlier. And my first impression of this rum was actually dramatically different. In that, I actually felt like I really didn't like it the first time I had it, and this time much improved, getting a much better experience. There are some things, you know, that I think could be better. And I think some of that is just with more age and or a lower proof. But I like what's there. I just that and it, it's a completely different experience from the nine volt cask age, which is a 45 percent aged one and a half years. But I felt like that rum for me completely nailed what it was going for. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is, a, to borrow your signature word, a fantastic 45 percent. ABV younger age drum. I they they nailed this one. This one for me is like good solid, but not like the height of what a three year old cast strength drum could be. Which is fine. Like not every barrel has to be perfect or whatever. It's it's solid. Hmm. It's solid. It's just the other one I think really knocked it out of the park for me. Okay, I'm I'm higher than you on it. This is the first one I've poured another bit into my glass to try again partly because i think i'm trying to hear what you're saying also and see if i can see that and and you may be right there you may be right on point when you say well maybe another year or two or maybe another you know percentage down might even help this more but for what it is and you know we haven't tried putting a splash of water in it to see what happens for what it is i really think the flavors are are very good i get a nice balance of sweet and spice like some spice on the on the mid and finish yeah, for sure so this this is really where i gravitate towards as a as a rum drinker is in this kind of vein for mm-hmm. the most part no no one's going to mistake this for barbados but at the same time there's certain kind of like i don't know what you would call it things that appeal to me that might have slight similarities there yeah so yeah i i'm i'm a fan of this it's too bad that you have the bottle i might have to come swindle it from you i can get some more to you and on the note of bottles, by the way, Ninefold wins the bottle contest. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's such a cool bottle. And I don't yeah. think you've even seen it in person. It actually, no. it, it looks better in person, I think, than it does in the pictures. It's a it's a fantastic bottle. And it's also strangely, um, it's really light. Hmm. It's like lighter in your hand than you would expect, which just kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. But Yes. Made you know. by the elves, you know. Um. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe it's elven <laughs> glass. I think, you know, we only got bottles for 
five of these producers. We got whole bottles for that release we just tasted. We got it for the Isla Univore. We got it for Jay <laughs> Gow, that time. Jay Gow Revenge, for Dropworks Funk Drop, and for Matuga, the age drum we did earlier. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, Ninefold kind of easily for me takes the 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 bottle label design yeah. metal in in there. I know this is going to be hard, but if you had to look back at the entire exercise at this point and pick out like one or two that you would mm. want to pour again, could you point out two or two or three even? That's a great question. Yeah, let me just let's let's each do this for each flight category that we did, and maybe actually since there are only two aged high proofs maybe we can just combine that with the aged lower proof but sure so if we're talking unaged high proof which we just did before this these aged drums i would say from those i want to pour again i mean the two that i said were my favorite the jgal wild east and the isla univor are the the two that i want to pour again the others were solid but i just i feel like i get it there's nothing calling me back to the other ones. And I'm even more interested to hear, because now you've had a day or so to um, kind of sit on it for the other flight. Yeah. For the unaged lower proof. Thinking well, about it now. Well, what for you from the unaged high proof? Is it the same the same ones that you picked earlier? Funk Drop and Isla? Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I, I don't think that changes right now. But we're fresh off of it. Yeah. So it's not to be su- super surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, unaged lower proof. Honestly, I, I feel like I'm going to end up going back to just the ones I said, you know, were the standouts it, to me. It, but, it but may be. It hasn't changed. For me, the Huli Manx, that one, and the Isla Gyal are the, the two that I would go back to. Yeah. So maybe we're really just not distinguishing anything different here because I think that's probably the same for me. I don't think my opinions have changed on anything from yesterday. Okay, well, here's the true litmus test. What about aged aged lower proof? What are are you going back to there? I I honestly kind of feel like that one is the most difficult one for me when I'm thinking about what do I want to go back to here. Well, it's a different question if you ask me like, hey, I had a chance to buy a bottle and I had to buy one of these four bottles. Then that's different than what do I want to maybe try again because I need to try it again and experience again, that's two okay. different answers. Because the Matuga, I think, was so out there that I feel the need to go back to it at some yeah. point. But it's not the one I'm going to say, give me a bottle of that right now. That's going to be the ninefold. Okay. Okay. That's a good distinction. Because for me, the give me a bottle test, the number one is the ninefold cascade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second place, though, is the fading light chestnut cask, which mm. you... Did not vibe with. Yeah, you, you can have that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I want to go back to the Matuga just because it was so different and there was just kind of some craziness going on there. So I want to go back to that one. I'm not ready to buy a bottle. The Jagal Revenge, I, I feel like I understand that rum. I get what it is and it has a utility, but I don't necessarily, me personally as like a mega nerd, I don't necessarily need a bottle of that, but I can... yeah. I, I know of a lot of people who would like a bottle of that is kind of how I want to characterize it. Yeah. And interestingly, I would take a bottle of the Isla Gial probably in that other, that unaged lower proof bracket. And, and you know, I would ask for Huli Manx, the, the overproof version of that. 
That's gotta, what I we, yeah, we got to get the overproof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This may, this, yep. we may, we may, we may have to do another whiskey exchange order because I think yeah. they do have that in stock. Um, yeah. And by the way, shout out to the whiskey exchange. This box of rums was so amazingly well packed. I think I sent you a picture of it. Like yeah, I, yeah. I took out all the packing material and it was on the floor and it was just like massive ball. And I think it's the kind of packing material that like can be recycled. So I'm not trying to say they were wasteful. I'm just saying like this shit was not breaking <laughs> on the way <laughs> between London and Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm trying to find, I took a photo because it had a little card in it that was like, this order was packed by and it had the employee's name. And I wanted to oh, shout out, cool. I wanted to shout out the employee. Hold on. Let me find this. Yeah. You need to find that. Okay. I found the photo. Our order was packed with care by kate so kate thank you kate wherever you are thank you for packing that order so expertly nothing broke there were five full bottles there were a dozen samples in there they all came through and helped us do this episode so thank you this is not sponsored by the whiskey exchange we're not getting (laughs) (laughs) maybe it should be but yeah (laughs) we're not getting any money for this uh (laughs) anyway they did a great job it was a great experience ordering from them and yeah, I don't know. Like, at the end of all this, how did this leave you feel about UK rum in general? Like, how optimistic are you about it? How positive are you about it? What are your reservations? What's kind of your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite positive overall. I'm not sure I had really well-formed expectations of UK rum. Like, you know, there, there's the whole scotch angle uh, in Scotland, right? And, you know, it's hard to escape that and maybe Irish whiskey as well. So, you know, that's on your mind. And I do think there were a couple examples of that where I feel like despite these all being, you know, really, you know, rum things that it creeped in somehow, whether it's all in my head or not, that's hard to say. But on the whole, I think there are also there are a few distilleries here, if not most of them, that are really doing a lot to distinguish themselves and on the right track or already have really good product out there for people to drink rum in the UK. So, you know, I I think it's overall, it's a, it's a positive thing. What, What about you? Yeah, I would share a similar reaction, you know, having tried a lot of younger craft American rums, I was inevitably in my head trying to stack them up against those mm, because mm. even though it's a, I think stylistically different and I was expecting stylistic differences, you know, a lot of times it's a similar type of distillery, a similar type of still, a similar type of experience level. Sometimes not universally. Some of these distilleries I do think have experienced distillers, but so I was kind of comparing it to that. And honestly, it, it, it passed with, flying it exceeded my expectations i'll say that i was not expecting the hit rate of acceptable to good to be as high as it was i was expecting there to be a higher percentage of rums that were flawed in some way that i just didn't want anything to do with in some way and that's not because it's the uk it's just because that's often the nature of people being new to something so but but at the same time did did we when we were ordering kind of say well like look this is one i've at least heard of before as opposed to like well that's rum on it give me it that's fair Uh, i i would say there were um 
there were 10 other UK rums, brands or distilleries, I should say, all stuff distilled in the UK that were available on the whiskey exchange that we did not order. So I do think we use some sort of like informed curation. It's -hmm. not like I went back and like looked at reviews for every rum that was available. It's just kind of like, Oh, we've talked to Kit from ninefold. Exactly. It sounds like what he's up to is cool. Oh, I've heard, you know, Maggie Campbell told, told us that Ben Mm -hmm. at Isla rum distillery is doing some cool stuff. Like, you know, that was vouched for. So let's, let's get some of that. Um, Oh, I've, I've heard of, Hooli and that they're doing so, so let's get some so yeah we did to some extent kind of like go toward the stuff that that we'd heard about a little bit it wasn't just a bunch of random stuff some of this was ran, random stuff that I hadn't heard as much about I would say like Retribution Scratch those were brands that I had not heard very much about mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. Dropworks was kind of I mean we'd read the press about them mm-hmm. being the biggest distillery and being new and having this large capacity but I hadn't read any re- reviews or reactions to their rum so that was an entirely new one, but yeah, overall for me, I'm impressed with the hit rate here and there's a handful of distilleries out of these. I mean, you know, Ninefold, Jay Gao, Isla, Outlier, Matuga to an extent are, are ones that I'm all kind of like, okay, I, I got to keep an eye on these. And I'm interested. All the other ones have other expressions. Sugar House has an overproof that, that I think is supposed mm. to be quite interesting. I, I mm-hmm. would be more than up for trying that. I'd be more than up for trying runs from any of these distilleries that we yeah. tried. But those those were kind of the standout producers to me. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to me. I, th- I think one of the things that is kind of a takeaway is that, like, there is something different here. There's not enough for there to already be this like unifying uk rum style very similar to like you know there's no american rum unifying style but there's a lot of people doing interesting stuff that i can see eventually coalescing around distinct categories that that have kind of a, a connection of some sort so yeah all right well with all that said we'll close out this episode if you've tried any of these rums if any of them stood out to you as something that you want to try hit us up send us an email host at rumcast.com that's h-o-s-t at rumcast.com or you can reach out to us on social media john where can they find us there at the rumcast of course on facebook and will you went on, on facebook this month even so <laughs> you know i mean it's still around it's hanging out there uh we're also on twitter and instagram so definitely look for us there contact us reach out leave a comment Write something uh, about UK rum. Let us know. Um, love to see it. Love to always see how the conversation is stirred amongst uh, others as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely reach out to us and let us know what you thought about some of this stuff and, and what questions maybe do you still have about UK rum? Because that's something we can always think about for, for future episodes and answering. Will, this is always fun trying new rums with you. It's always it's different when we do it blind versus when we know what we're doing going in in terms of all of the information. Expectations are are interesting. For sure. Um, I think this is one where it makes sense to not do it blind. Oh, agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, just because you kind of want to it's not necessarily about like which is the best or, you know, which one do we rank higher than the other one? It's more about what are these producers going for and like how close did the rum match our expectations how well does it do it like doing what it's trying to do at least from our viewpoint so 
yeah, it was a really fun exercise. I had a blast doing these. And I don't know, we'll have to think of what country we need to do next. Maybe we'll go with something a little bit more familiar, a little bit more of a veteran in the rum making world next. But mm. uh, until then, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.